Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant. NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am quite a tired old Davis. Joined by an even tireder. Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation. I am a tired, tired Luke Owen today. I made the decision to watch WrestleMania live. That was a long show. It mm. finished by, uh, I caught the tube then at half past five in the morning to get to the studio. And I came in and I did some work. And then I had a little bit of a mm. nap on the sofa, I think for about 20 minutes. And then you arrived. I didn't realize how asleep I was mm. until, you were you, asleep. until you woke me up. Well, I entered, the, I thought it'd be funny for me to enter the studio screaming, what the hell? In reference to that crazy WrestleMania. Mm. I didn't know you were you were asleep. <laughs> and then I walked in to to the little office room we work in, being like, what the hell? And you were just, oh. <laughs> you kind of woke up with your eyes all red and just, oh, I was, oh hi man, I was, I was just taking a nap. <laughs> I was just taking a nap while, uh, oh, while it was the video I was exporting. I've been, I've been working. I was like, mate, mate, it's fine. <laughs> oh God, I want you to sleep. Yeah. Oh, well, I was. I was. I, the video was exporting. I was like, oh, it's got another, got another twenty minutes on that. I'm just gonna go rest my eyes for yeah. a little bit while that's exporting. Let tea go cold. And a bit of a hilarious piece of uh, miscommunication. I said to Luke, you know, I well, I thought I said to Luke busy day today so you only do one news episode i'll do the wrestlemania review we'll together record the the wrestle ramble and that'll be it 
but you not only recorded one news episode, you edited that news episode yourself, despite us having an editor to send it to. And then you wrote another new episode to do two episodes. Tiredness makes me productive, apparently. <laughs> so well done. You've yeah, you've. I mean, you've set a dangerous work precedent. You've well, set yeah. a dangerous <laughs> output. There's, there's a lot. There was a lot of news. A lot of news for us yeah. to cover. Man, we didn't like. There's a lot of uh, like the Alicia Fox story. Yeah, we haven't. I haven't even haven't touched that. Haven't spoken upon that have yet. On tomorrow's, mm. uh, if, if it's still a thing. If like loads of other bits. Are, I mean, that it's a newsworthy WrestleMania, and I like newsworthy stuff. And that's not just because of how we work, and you know, we mm. we do rely on those juicy news bits for our for our videos. But as a fan, I've always liked that sort of stuff. Yeah, but this is, it's its always a busy time for news. And there's always going to be a, a, a boatload of news anyway, because all of the wrestling promotions, like the really big major mm. ones, are doing stuff all on the same weekend. There's yeah. bound to be stuff that happens. Things are going to get announced. So there's, and you know, WWE, like uh, one of my uh, stories of this day was just about all their network announcements that they've done. Yeah, that kind of got lost in the Hall of Fame ceremony. Exactly, yeah. You know, all these shows they're doing. Like, that, not only that, but it's a news story. I mean, I barely reference it in the news because there's so much other stuff to cover. But in the when they were doing the promo for 24 The Hardys, there's TNA footage in there. What? Yeah, yeah, that, that footage of Jeff, like, looking really dazed. That's him in TNA. You can even see the TNA logo Whoa. on the turnbuckles. So they, they're going to be using TNA footage in that documentary. That is crazy! Wow, I did I did not know that. And and there's like a the the King of the Ring tournament that Triple H apparently said that's going to come back to the Royal Albert Hall. It is. That's in June. Yes, it's like a couple of months away. Wow. So, uh, well, let's get on with the show because we we this tend is a to long, ramble and it's a long show. It's anyway. a, as the actress said to the bishop, "Get a cup of tea. This is a long one." I am. So WrestleMania, so WrestleMania was last night. Don't know if you heard, folks. They kept a pretty quiet. big deal in the wrestling world, and I. <laughs> right. I so, do. okay, I, peeling back the curtain a little bit here, ladies and gentlemen. Ollie has been like this since he got into the studio. So I, wa I watched the show live. You watched it. You got up like three a.m. I kind of watched it on a delay. Like, watched it on a tape delay. Yeah, yeah. So I started it at three. And I watched it through while everyone else. So there, there were a few hours when everyone else had finished, and I was yeah. still watching. Yeah. And when I, you came into the studio, I was sort of asleep for a little bit, and um, we we kind of was like we'd been sort of saying things back and forth. We haven't really like shared our thoughts on the show as no, a whole. No. But every now and again, I'll just be sitting there <laughs> typing away, and I, you'll just Ollie would just burst into laughing, and he would just start giggling to himself, and I'd be like, "What's well, up?" He's like. I was just looking at some more pictures from WrestleMania, and it was just—I don't know. It is—I don't know. I don't know. It's like—it's like you know they say sometimes the 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 response of laughter is when your brain just gets confused and doesn't know what to do, so it laughs and it, it laughs in the confusion. I think this this might be what's happening because I keep remembering certain things that happened in WrestleMania. I'm just like. What? <laughs> and then I and then like it's just a rabbit hole because as soon as you as soon as you go what happened how huh <laughs> you go oh and there was the what that's even weirder I see and it's like I am not negative about this show this is almost an elated crazy man's laughter 
like how I imagine Vince McMahon is also cackling at the top of Stamford, Connecticut HQ with not wearing any trousers. He's just there laughing manically into the wind. Ha <laughs> ha. And Triple H is like, come down now, come down. And it's, I, I just cannot figure out this show, but, but I kind of love it for it. It is like everything, everything that we loved about NXT. Wrestling. Logic. Really good in ring stuff. The, the WrestleMania was like the the opposite, the complete opposite kind of show. It was sports entertainment to the nines. But I kind of love it just as much. It really did feel like this show was trolling YouTube wrestling fans. But it but it but, wasn't. But, but no, I think I think it was because the the rhetoric that has been around WrestleMania 34 and around WWE since like the Royal Rumble has been WWE is just too predictable. Like, oh, I could just predict the WrestleMania card. Oh, I know where every result's going to be. Oh, it's really boring because I know where it's going to happen. So they just sort of sat there and was just like, do you know what? Today, today is opposite day. Mm. Which we're going to take this WrestleMania 34 card and we're going to put it in Bizarro World. And we're just going to have like, um, oh, everyone thinks that Nakamura's going to win. Lol, Nakamura loses and turns heel. LOL. Oh, everyone knows that Asuka's going to like keep her streak. Lol, Asuka loses and loses a streak. LOL. And uh, oh, everyone knows that uh, Roman Reigns is going to win. Nope, Bro- uh, Brock Lesnar wins. LOL. They've got all these theories about who Braun Strowman's partner's going to be. LOL. <laughs> it's lol, a lol, it's a 10-year-old. Like, it was just, it just felt like every other man. Everyone's really excited about this triple threat tag team match. Lol, they'll get seven minutes and we'll do absolutely nothing with it. We'll put it in a burn. We'll put it in an absolute death spot. It just felt like everything in this match was designed to troll the audience, with the exception of the Ronda Rousey match, which was actually there to surprise everyone. Well, it's kind of like, I think troll's the wrong word there. I think surprise is is the swerve. Better. Not, but not even swerve, because the trolling insinuates that you are doing something that the other person doesn't want you to do. In, mo- in most of these things, I cannot, oh. say, I cannot say any of these decisions are a hundred percent bad, and a lot of them have enormous potential. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just the most obvious example is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> what happened, Luke? Brock Lesnar retained everyone. Dana White told us. Dana White was there in the crowd. He said Brock Lesnar is coming back to UFC. Okay, that might still be true. He might still be going back to UFC. Dana didn't give a time frame, but we just all assumed that's because of the USADA suspension thing. He'll have to serve out a few more months of that if he was to come back and out of retirement and everything. But... That might not be what he meant. It might be because Brock Lesnar has actually signed an extension. Maybe he'll fight for both UFC and WWE. Let's be honest, he probably only has one realistic match in him. He's a 40-year-old man. The last match he did, he technically lost because he failed a drug test. He hasn't won for, for a long, long time. Dana White was there at WrestleMania as well. He exactly. was there uh, cheering on Ronda Rousey. And it's, it's funny you should say the, uh, the, the, the Brock Lesnar thing as well. Because when Lesnar won, I was like... <laughs> Huh? What? Lesnar won. And then I suddenly, like, I was just up there, and I, I I went to the loo, and I came back, and I was, I just said to my friends, I was like, we all should have seen this coming. We yeah. all should have seen yeah, this yeah, coming. Yeah. Because, yeah, Dana White on uh, uh, ESPN, or whatever it was, saying that Brock is going back to UFC. And then you had Heyman uh, on the inside of the rope show going, like, uh, Lesnar's going back to UFC. Sunday's his last day. That's when his contract is he, up. He, he said, if Brock loses... No, but, but Heyman but, never said he's going to UFC. Yeah, but uh, uh, Heyman said on that Inside the Rope show that Kenny did, his contract's up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it's there. 
all the warning signs should have been there that we've all gone ah they've worked they're working us all of course brock is retaining but throughout this entire show i was going like no i'm pretty sure roman reigns winning. the only person who guessed that brock lesnar was winning was my wife once again the only person who had brock who had brock lesnar down as their prediction got it right she's a bloody marvel that woman or lucky, as you know. Uh, you, <laughs> no- it's based on it. Knowing nothing is knowing everything in the, in the wrestling world. It, it's it's Goldberg's uh, eighty six second win over Lesnar all over again. It's a it's an enormous swerve. And back to the original point: Brock Lesnar winning, Roman Reigns lost. That's just just as important as Brock Lesnar staying, like, presumably for a bit. And everyone was like, "Oh, it's just like the the latest coronation of Roman Reigns." But like. You could almost say, well, this is... I don't think it's WWE listening to their fans, but it we kind of got the result we would have preferred. Of course, a Roman Reigns heel turn would have been the ultimate one, but this this is still better than the latest Roman Reigns coronation, very predictable, three years in the making, whatever. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this was a trolling show at all. I would just see it as just an absolutely baffling, but also beautiful, hot mess with surprises and craziness and just absolute lunacy i loved it for all its faults and it has many faults but i loved it john my hot take go on then main event of wrestlemania 35 is lesnar reigns again you think they're gonna hold off i i don't know i don't know i wouldn't be surprised but I, I'm in a sort of hopeful state right now. And these hopes could be dashed come Monday morning, uh, Tuesday morning when I watch uh, the Raw After Mania. Or, you know, this could be a new direction for the company. Or, or Reigns wins the Universal Championship on Raw tonight. Yes. Like, yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is also an option. They just, I thought that. Like, they just sort of, they swerved us all by having Lesnar win at Mania only for, for Reigns to win the belt on Monday Night Raw in, like, an almost impromptu match. Uh, type thing but like the ending of the show was super weird mm. super super weird and i'm not just talking about the the, the ending of the match because you had all these video packages sort of like saying like hey look how great and wacky wrestlemania was braun Strowman's tagging with a 10 year old and you know all this sort of stuff and then it cuts back to the arena and roman reigns is there and he's like with his wife mm. and he's looking sad and he's limping and the referees are trying to like sort of guide him to the back and that was when i had this sudden realization it was like oh no they're, they're still going with reigns that, that that loss was not we're done with listening to the audience because yeah. I, and we will talk about it more when we actually talk about the match in in detail but man like that crowd that's that's the crowd that well, we'll talk about it later on but they were still pushing very much this idea of like that roman is the guy he took a hell of a beating but he's still walking out and he can he'll you know on another day it would have been a different result i don't know man i think you could read it as that definitely but you could also read it as this man's at the end of his tether. Uh, he's turning heel. He's turning heel. You could also read it as this is kind of the swan song as Roman as a main event. Not um, yeah. of course he's going to be a main eventer, but a swan song of this era of Reigns push. He's the and guy. They transition into something else. Well, oh, man, I mean, th- I, I don't think it's as clear cut. I, I think everything is so unpredictable now. Just <laughs> and everything. It's not just like one feud. It's across the card and. After a year of being everything being predictable and Brock Lesnar wins, Roman Reigns wins this unstoppable thing towards him, Asuka wins lol, you know, we, I haven't really felt that threatened about an Asuka match because of the, the streak thing. It hasn't really taken off as, as well as it should have done. Uh, the, and now everything feels exciting. Shinsuke Nakamura's a heel. That makes me really excited. 
Uh, Braun Strowman is probably the only down note, although the placement in the card, it worked perfectly to get the crowd back up a little bit, I thought, uh, after that AJ Nakamura match. So I don't, we haven't actually talked about how we're going to freaking approach this mess. Well, I of... think we'll just go match by match. We'll just do the kickoff uh, and then we'll just go match by match. But... Okay, can I tell you, I, I, let me tell you my just Brock Lesnar theory here and we'll get to it at the end. I think, and I could, this is complete speculation, but this is a hugely important year for WWE because it's when they're negotiating for their TV rights, which are up next year. So currently they're with the USA Network and the rumoured buyer, or the rumoured other sort of quarter, is Fox. Now, Fox have a lot of money because they sold all their movie entertainment division to Disney. So the Fox Sports Network and the Fox News, which I believe are still owned uh, separately, mm-hmm. they they are the, the main suitor to WWE. But they've also got UFC, and it's, mm, do we renew UFC or do we take on WWE? And who gets the more money? You know, that sort of conversation. And you look at UFC and what's happened over the last couple of days, and Conor McGregor has just self-imploded. He's not going to be around... For, for, well, he shouldn't be around really in that promotion for a while. So that's going to be playing on Fox's minds. They haven't got a, a real big name draw. Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, uh, Conor McGregor, John Jones. They're all like they. Then Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey in WWE. John Jones is suspended. Conor McGregor's crazy. So the UFC doesn't have any draws now. WWE have after this show done tremendously well with Ronda and they must have known when they're putting that match together that it, they were going to have a fighting chance of that happening if they manage to keep Brock Lesnar that means WWE is in such a phenomenal place in terms of TV rights fees for the for this year and next year and that Fox acquisition and I think that they might have just gone you know what Brock Lesnar is worth this ridiculous amount of money that he's asking for or whatever because he's Lesnar has been so lucky again in falling into this bidding war between UFC and WWE at this perfect time yeah I I, th- I think Brock's sticking around and he might just do a one-off UFC fight that's my prediction mm-hmm. for the rest of the year I think that's a fairly solid prediction the Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review shows from wrestling's past. If you pledge now, you'll get our back catalogue of episodes, including Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10, and No Way Out 2004, and many others, as well as this month's episode, which will be WrestleMania 25. And $10 plus backers will become part of the Ramble Club, our new show where we talk about wrestling from around the world, including reviews of the Golden Lovers vs. Cody and Marty Skrull, Austin Aries vs. Eli Drake, and many, many more. All that and so much extra, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Page here, just here to tell you about <laughs> no, a little no movie. No, no page, no page, not now. Just here, a little movie I've got coming out there. Problem is, like, uh, as funny as that gag is, mm. your voice is, it's not husky enough to be, like, fully paid. Page here. That, that's better, that's oh, more I like it. Yeah. sort of, like, I don't, like, well, you know I'm not very good at impressions. No, you hide that so well. Yeah, so I, I just, on the on the WrestleMania review, I was like, page here. <laughs> like, a, like a chimney sweep, but you're right, a, a huskier version. Yeah, you need to be a bit more huskier. More comedically uh, funny. Smoke an entire carton of cigarettes mm. before, you, before you start doing anything. So uh, I'm going to go, so just a few bullet points. We're not going to be able to do play-by-plays for every single match. We haven't got the elimination order for the Battle Royals. <laughs> oh, dear. But I do want to say... The, the, the kickoff panel at the start, you know, Renee Young and all the people. JBL was there. He certainly was, yeah. For, in his first appearance since... Uh... I don't know, to be honest. Like, mm. I, I've, when I watch the kickoff shows, I do manage to just tune everyone out. Yes. Like, I see, like, colours and I see shapes on the screen. I A see... Peter Rosenberg. Yeah, you know, like, him and Sam Roberts are very interchangeable. Mm. And then there's someone who used to work for the company. And then there's Ray, Renee Young just trying to tie the whole thing together and just be the brilliant person that she is. Mm. But I just tend to see the colours and shapes. And sure. then... And then a match will happen, and then all of a sudden they I, they kind of go into focus a little bit, and I actually just watch the match. Then as soon as that is over, we just go back out of focus, and just like it's just like sounds and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. There was no, I didn't see a social media lounge, which I was devastated about. Instead, it was Charlie Caruso interviewing John Cena in the crowd, which which is part of this half show long storyline that I loved, and, I, and that, yeah. it's one of the reasons I, I adore this WrestleMania so much. I might say something different tomorrow. Opinions can change, but as of right now, I liked it. Well, I'm sticking my flag into the ground. I would say the first two-thirds of this show, it was on its way to being one of the best WrestleManias ever. 
And then I just think it took a bit of a nosedive. Yeah, but, okay, in, but in where, does it fit, where does it fit then? Well, that's, that's, well here's the thing. Is I'm, try, trying I'm trying it. to work that out. That's why I said to you, I'm looking right. forward to kind of retracing my steps in watching cool. this show. Because I do remember loving the first two thirds of the show. And like, I, I was watching it with some friends of mine. And we, but we all said, like, after every match, it's like, this is a crack in WrestleMania. We love the John Cena mm. stuff. And it was just every match, we were like, this mania is great. This rules. So all the fantasy booking we did about John Cena appearing in the crowd and actually, you know, looked like he had a beer. I doubt it was. Uh, and, you know, taking photos, enjoying the match. All that stuff they did. Mm-hmm. And so, and it worked so well. So I, I can't credit them enough for that. Uh, the JBL thing was, by the way, the the crowd. You know, there's a couple of blokey blokes mm-hmm. were there. And they started chanting JBL. And I thought, you're the same people who were probably chanting, you know, fire JBL hashtags and stuff. Short memories. So the first match of the entire night was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The and fifth they, annual. Yeah, the, but the panel throws it to ringside. Like they introduce Jim Ross, crowd go, yay! Jerry the King Lawler, yay! <laughs> Byron Saxon, and the crowd go, boom! <laughs> I thought that was a bit nasty. Poor Byron. Uh, but this was, yeah, the mid-card, and everyone without a match were <laughs> yep. already in the ring. We didn't get the sea entrances. Uh, Aiden English first eliminated. I like his shaved head. He didn't have the shaved head here, though. What? The, well, this is it. So when he came out later on with the shaved head, I was like, oh, he shaved his head. Yeah. And then a lot of people were saying to me, like, he didn't have his head shaved at the start. And I was like, I don't think he was in the Battle Royal, even though I've written my first mm. note is English out first. So I, he must have been. And then I've seen pictures. Him in the Battle Royal, he had the hair. Whoa. And then he went backstage and then shaved it off. Maybe it's just like a clip. Is it a ponytail that he usually has? I can't remember. I can't even remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But it looks good so shaved. so long ago. It, the, it especially with the glasses, those yeah. circular John Lennon-style glasses. Uh, then there was just a schmoz. R-Truth was in there. I, yeah, I saw I've got a Mike Canellis <coughs> spotting. I've got an R-Truth spotting. Oh, I didn't spot a... I didn't catch a wild Mike Canellis. Yeah, there's a wild Mike Canellis wow. in there. Goldust did a dab. Um, sh- After he threw out his former tag team partner, R-Truth. That's right, yeah. Dolph keeps skinning a cat. No one cares. He spent... Most of the match dangling off the top, the bottom rope. He's just like, I've got one gimmick I can do yeah. in this match, so and I, and I do that pretty well. Guys, so I'm just going to keep doing. Stop it. comparing me to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I'm nothing like Shawn Michaels. Got that right. Yeah. Um, there was a one point that Byron said there were thirty people in this match. Thirty. That is thirty contracted active wrestlers who are just who have nothing to do in this company. Thirty. Ignoring the fact that every other match on the card was a bloody multi-person match, mm. this company has a lot of people under contract. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think that that's in that screams to me probably a future endeavors Friday well, coming. I mean, soon. and with all the money they spent on pyro, some to, future, future yeah, endeavors might be on their way. A lot of people didn't get pyro, and it annoyed me that the attendance announcement did. <laughs> we got seventy-eight thousand whatever people. Who else was missing pyro? Uh, just well, like you know, you could use pyro in a lot of places. I think only Brock Lesnar had the pyro and angle, and oh, did angle and Roman. Roman didn't have it in his entrance, did yeah, he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Oh, when right. he does like his big like fist down into the ground. When he fists the ground. When he fists, when he fists the ground. Ring. Like really hard, as hard as he possibly can. Mm. He, he hits it so hard, a detonator goes off. So uh, there was a good spot when Zack Ryder was doing his woo-woo-woo and he went to do it, but Mojo Rawley out of nowhere, this awesome tackle knocked him out the ring. Just pounced him out the ring. Yeah, I, uh, I do like Rawley. 
Um, Dash Wilder said a naughty word and that got bleeped out. Did he? I yeah, missed he, that. He swore and then the Miseraj took out the revival. What a bunch of jobbers they are. Mm. Uh, fa- oh God, I've just written, oh, my notes here are just so bizarre. I've got Fandango tries to dance, Kane punches him, he flies over the top rope. Yeah, uh, where there was a fun 10 and delete chance yep. between Hardy and Ty Dillinger. Skip to the end, Bray Wyatt appears to help Matt Hardy win. Apparently the crowd were a bit confused that, oh, is, does that mean Bray Wyatt's in the match? The commentators were confused. Does, 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 does Matt need to throw out Bray? But then they hugged and it was all good. Matt's declared as the winner. I I worked out for myself that Bray well, wasn't in the, in the match. I did as well, but I think where the confusion came was that yes. the commentators were saying, like, oh, I think Bray's now entered himself into the match. And then when Matt threw over Corbin last, I think it was... Um, yeah, because Corbin hit the end of days on Bray. That was a bizarre spot and for your returning mm. lad to, to get laid out. And then Matt threw him over the ropes. And then there was just like a brief pause of silence. A bell wasn't rung. There was no music played. It's almost like they didn't know yeah. whether Bray yeah, was yeah. in the match or not either. It was a very, very bizarre ending. But it's it's a very promising ending. Yes, I, I, I am very excited to see the next step in the Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt broken saga. So I gave this on the douchebag scale. One star. Wow. That I th- a I, one star match. I thought that was a minus one star. No, it's um, just a hyphen. They cut to John Cena a lot in these mm. sort of like first, like these first few matches and like the first couple of matches on the main card as well. Here, I don't think they told him that they were going to cut to him yet because he wasn't reacting. And then if then he realized the camera was on him and started reacting. Wait, get some photos, kids. <laughs> Wait, I, I not, wish... not like that way, as in like, oh my God, Bray mm. Wyatt has returned. He was just like, Oh no! I think that is his genuine Bray Wyatt return <laughs> reaction. I wanted him to be sort of watching the match out of the peripheral vision of his eye because that's how they're conditioned to backstage. Exactly. Uh, next up, we had the Cruiserweight Classic. Nope, the Cruiserweight Title uh, Final Tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Cedric Alexander beating Mustafa Ali. What a cool entrance, Mustafa Ali! He had. stole DJ Z's attire. And he came out, as I've noted here, a cross between Iron Man and the Winter Soldier. Because mm. he had, like, the, the chest plate, he had the big the hand thing for Iron Man, but he had the Winter Soldier's mask and the Winter Soldier's hair. Well, I've read it was Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, hmm. rather than a Marvel thing. Yeah, I thought he looked great. You need more of, like, a head thing for Sub-Zero. Uh, the, the, but this, this was good. This was, this was solid stuff. Um, it would, do you know what? I, okay, so this was solid stuff. My thing with this is that if you watch any of the matches in the lead up to this on 205 Live, mm. they were just so much better than this. Yeah. And like, so really, while this was good and there were some really nice um, spots on, spots in there and some really good stuff, I was watching this going like, I've seen much better matches in the in the build up to this. This actually feels like a bit of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. I And you could say that about a few matches mm. on the card. Uh, I gave this three stars just because that's what it, it was. It was fine. It was fine i would have said that was a two and a half but it's not my scale mate to be honest it's not my scale i'm making it up as i go that's fine anyway alexander won with a lumbar check Mm -hmm. um cedric wins i've I've literally written here it was fine cena was in the crowd next again and he tells everyone to enjoy wrestlemania i'm going to i'm just a fan here guys that was to charlie caruso then we had the women's battle royal oh man talk about spottings in here Paige here. Paige here. She was there this time. Paige here. Uh, she Phoenix. does. She plugs the movie and she's on commentary. And there was this tragic moment where Cole said, Oh, and you're not in this because you're currently injured, I understand. And Paige just goes, Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe competing mm-hmm. next year. 
Yeah, it's a bit awkward, a bit yeah. mad awkward, that. A um, couple of spottings near. We had six NXT, well, they were NXT slash Mae Young uh, classic. We had a Dakota Kai spotting, a Bianca nice. Belair spotting, a Tenyara Conti spotting. She's the Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu lady, I believe she is. She was the one who was carrying out the Brazilian flag. Right. Um, and uh, Kavita Dalal, I'm going to say. She was the big, tall Indian The lady. orange one. Yes, the very... And the, who had a stare-off with Becky Lynch, because Becky Lynch shouted... Orange is my thing, yes. and that's why they had a fight. And we also had a Peyton Roy spotting, but no Billy Kay, mm. which made me a bit sad because yeah. Cole kept referring to her as the iconic duo, and I was like, "A duo's two, you div." That's an iconic one yeah. there. So I uh, this this was, I mean, it was, it's a it's a battle royal. Yeah. Like battle royals are, are what they are. But it's Becky Bailey and Banks all got entrances. Everyone else just sort of came down together. Um, everyone beats up Carmella and throws her out. Um, she stole Mandy Rose's spot. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was Dana Brooks' turn to get beaten down. Which is inconsistent in character. Yeah. Because everything that Dana Brooks' done recently has been Titus Worldwide, babyface, sexy statistician. But that's when she is the statistician. When she's out of that and she's in her wrestling mode, then she becomes the Dana Brooke of old. Although I've written here, because they beat down um, Carmella, because Carmella's there parading around with mm. the money in the bank. And I'm like, all right, Carmella deserves to get beaten up there. Then they just started beating up Dana Brooke. I was like, what did Dana Brooke ever do to you? Yeah. Well, it's character inconsistency. They're, they're, <laughs> they're mad, just like I was. Then uh, the NXT wrestlers sort of all got got a little got a little spot where they they knocked all, everyone else down, and they, I thought it was kind of cute, but it was also kind of awkward where they just stood in a line and started chanting NXT, NXT, yeah. NXT. and I thought. I don't like it when people tell me to do stuff. And that was like them saying, you should chant NXT, women's revolution. This is hope. (laughs) And what I got from it was, yeah, but, you know, I should just do that because I think you're cool, not because of some sheep-based Pavlovian response where I'm just going to join in with your chant. What are your thoughts on delete? Yeah, I like that. Just saying it's the same thing. But that's like... It's not the same it thing is. at all. It is the same no, thing. No, no, because... He starts doing it, and we all follow. Yeah, I know, but that's a normal chant based on the character. This is something where five random women that I've never seen before have been put six. together... Six. See, I don't care. <laughs> have been put together, and it's not their chant. It's like... And, and it's it's kind of a, a, a smug, self-congratulating no, chant. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Just saying. I d- you don't need people to chant NXT. Like no. we're, we're, when NXT is really good, people. Will I was it was it was mad awkward. If if this was four or five years ago, and you had this match, and Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha were all were all still in NXT, and they beat up the women's division as it was back then, the Divas division, I think you would have got an organic "This is NXT" chant, but. You know, none well, of none yeah. of these women were I was say, of that level. Part of the problem. Over, part of the like problem that. is that like uh, Tanyara Conti and uh, Kavita, like they're not. NXT like girls and Dakota Kai barely is either. Mm. Like they they they're May Young. Anyway, we're we're spending far too much yes, time on it. Good point. I got Be- Becky got eliminated bollocks. That, that was rubbish. Um, um she was your pick. She was my pick. Um and she just got thrown out of nowhere. Um but I did a 450 that was cool. And she did a hair whip thing which was really weird. That was, mm-hmm. that was so cool. Um then Bailey uh, eliminated uh, Banks. Um, and then Bailey thought that she'd won. Turns out Naomi was still in the match, uh, and then Naomi hit her with her ass and threw her, her threw her out, and it was fine. Yeah, that Naomi bit was just like, why? Yeah, why Naomi? <laughs> I and it's not going to do anything. No, for no, no. 
This well, is not going to be a thing. But no, here's the thing, Ollie. It will be for the first two weeks, and then they'll give up on it. Remember, Mojo used to carry around the Andre the Giant one. He used to show it to kids. Yes, and like give them pep talks. Exactly. Like that was a couple of weeks thing, and then they're like, "Can't be asked to ship this around anymore, mate." So we'll just we'll just scrap that storyline. So I gave this one and a half stars on the douchebag scale. It's a pre-show. <laughs> we don't really care no. about it. Uh, two little girls saying "America the Beautiful" and people boo them. Don't boo kids, you monsters. It's bloody horrible, huh? Well, Nicholas is over. If Nicholas can get cheered by himself, then Chloe and Halle, the future of music, <laughs> should be a should the future of they music. They should get they should get over themselves. Yeah. These young pop stars, they just they're not they're Everything not getting themselves over. Handed are they? to them, yeah, like a tag team championship. Uh, I like the Rusev Day chance over. Them. <laughs> uh, well, I d- here's the thing: it's not an American audience. Mm. It's an audience from around the world. So you're singing America the Beautiful. There's a, a portion of that crowd that just be like, yay, America. But there's a portion of that crowd that are like, no, mate, I'm British. Rusev Day. Yeah. Rusev Day. Uh, I would like to say here, what a set. Yeah, it's I cool, wasn't it? the WrestleMania set was sublime. It was Willy Wonka-esque. Yeah, but what do you, I just the, the neon uh, colours of the purple and green. Mm-hmm. I know that's the colour scheme they've been using building up to the show. But it just it looked it looked incredible. Yeah, it looked I cool. I thought it looked really good. Uh, so, opening video package, and we started off with Seth Rollins beating Finn Balor and The Miz in a three-way for the Intercontinental title in a match that was a fun opener. It was a very decent match, but I I don't feel like they added anything that was better than their previous their Raw match. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think that's a very fair assessment. I really, I I, I preferred the singles match on Raw. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really fun opener, almost a perfect opener. Really. Yeah. yeah, Of all the matches you had, that this was the best one to to have to open the show. Um, Rollins came out doing some Game of Thrones thing. He was a a White Walker, Mm, so he had eye the the blue eyes. Right. Okay. But he burns it down, right? Well, that that was interesting. Yeah, uh, because he, he, you know, he's the Kingslayer. Uh, with the fire, the, you know, the yeah. fire burns it down, and here he was embodying ice. Hmm. The Game of Thrones, the actual saga is called A Song of Ice and Fire or Fire and Ice. Wow. So now he was embodying the ice, which is you know, car- an interesting. Consistencies. Well, no, but this is like an, I would say that's an interesting polemic that he's doing rather than just two completely unconnected characters <laughs> like Dana Brooke is. Um, and Miz, I've written in, Miz comes out dressed like a total knob. And he, he was dressed like a complete and utter knob, and he sends Miztourage to the back. And because then... he's a, a face now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was like, I'm. He's you know, I'm a father now. I know he did Go... that on Raw, but like, is that oh, a, is that a genuine oh face? He didn't face cheat at all in this. He sent Miztourage to the back because he. I I got from it, and the announcers put it over. I'm going to do this by myself, lads. I'm a father now. I'm going to set an example. Plus, they were very tired from their uh, battle royal. Oh, yeah, they would so have been. They wouldn't have been able to interfere exhausted. anyway. Exhausted. Uh, and then Balor Club comes out with uh, some people from the LBGTQ community. Came out. Came See, out. That, yeah, that yeah. was my favourite joke in my review. <laughs> very good. You, in you. fact, played me the rushes <laughs> just so you could show me that joke, um, which was very good. Well done, you. Thank you. Um, and this was this was lovely. My uh, my two friends were like they were like that's a really cool T-shirt, and they I think they both bought uh, bought one because money goes to the to the charity, and that's good. That's great, but. I oh, pref- look at you, oh, a little <laughs> snarky Ollie now. Someone's doing something really nice, actually, but I just want to come over here and say something really mean about I it. I just want to prefer Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, they were also tired from the Battle Royal. Yeah, but, you know, I prefer Ballad Club. 
Well, so we, all, we all do. I don't think that's a hate crime, preferring the Ballot Club <laughs> to the LGBT faction that was up there. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't get involved, did they? They didn't help us. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> if they, look, I, it's okay if they all came down to ringside and stayed there throughout the match yeah. and occasionally grabbed a, you know, the Miz's leg grabbed or leg, something. Grabbed the leg, yeah. Pulled the referee out for a... <laughs> That'd be good. Um, so I, I thought this was a really fun match. Uh, some really good spots in there, but a lot of the spots were spots we've seen in their Raw matches, like the um, you know the, mm. the superplex into the into the cradle and, and and things of that nature. But the ending was absolutely awesome. Well, may I say something about those Raw spots? And this was one of the reasons uh, that I wasn't so up on it. Both of the Raw spots that they replicated here, which was the buckle bomb into the barricade mm-hmm. that Finn Balor got out of, exactly the same as Raw. And the superplex into the pin, the cradle, exactly the same as Raw. They didn't even involve Miz in it, which would be the the, the logical thing to yeah. include that to, to add another layer. I don't mm-hmm. want to see the same spots again. I want to see you build on them or riff on them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I just I just felt like yeah, I didn't add anything to the. To the match that I saw on Monday, but either way, the the cool finish to this match was that Rollins curb stomped Balor into Miz mm. and then hit another curb stomp onto oh, the blackout. I think it's called now, isn't it? And it hit the another uh, blackout to Miz and Rollins win. I thought it was a great opener. And just the way Seth Rollins fired up in between hitting Finn and then he was just like you know get up uh, to Miz and he was stomping his foot on the ground to a boom boom boom. Not it wasn't uh, Terminator Bullet Club, mm-hmm. but it, what was it? It was like three stomps and then gap three stops gap uh, i really like that he showed such such fire and energy yep that i i would like to see that part of his repertoire and he, he did the tyler black swinging the belt around did, the yeah. head at the end hot takes seth rollins is really close. yes yeah it'll be a good champion i'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do yeah i gave that 3.75 stars three and three quarters that is a more positive star rating than review you actually gave do you think yeah i mean you no, it's just that, no but i thought the raw one on monday was like a four-star match okay that's fair yeah. enough uh, next up, we had. I don't actually have to defend these things. Charlotte beating Asuka. This this was where the night started to go crazy. <laughs> yep, this was this and was it the got first crazier. Other, yep, this was the first step. This Matt, this was a great match as well. I, mm. I really enjoyed watching these two work together. It was like it, it was just really cool. Like it's just some really great exchanges. It's just like they just played off each other really, yeah. really well. And the whole match was there was. Story, the story that's all within the match was really, really great as well, and there was some like, but the, the crowd didn't seem like they were into any of the near falls, which I thought they might be because it's WrestleMania and there was there's always that potential that the streak could be broken. But I don't think this crowd ever bought that the streak was in jeopardy, mm. and that's down to I think WWE's booking of the streak since she's come up to the main roster. Because when when Asuka had the streak in NXT, every time she had a title defense or she was going, you know, she's going for something, everyone questioned whether or not. The streak would end at this point. I I never did that much. No, no. I no. I certainly did last year when she faced Ember Moon, and when she faced Ember Moon on both occasions. Just before before the call up, I I thought she might lose because you dropped the belt on the way up. But uh, I, I thought um, Ember Moon last year, this time yeah. last year. I I. I... So it's shocking, and it really shocked me. That, it's that so shocking. I, ne- I nearly stood up. Yeah. Uh, but looking back on it, I I cannot say I hate it. I I think I think that this might actually be a better decision for Asuka's character just because it she is free of the the booking burden of the streak mm-hmm. and because it, if if we did get another 
you know, undefeated, undefeated all the way through, and you're like, oh, maybe they are building her up for on the Rousey next year. You do slide into this predictability pattern of what we got with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which really did sap the energy out of the main event scene on Raw. So I, I, I have got to you say, said it with Charlotte instead. Yes. Well. Yeah. Fine. I. I just. Uh, I, I did not mind this, actually. It was, I, I, I would have yeah. just preferred a better story to build up to it. That, I think that's my thing with mm. it as well. Is I, I, ending this streak, I don't think, is the worst thing in the world. It really took me by surprise. But yeah, I just feel like it, it, it didn't feel like there was a build-up to that moment. Um, you actually said, It was so funny that we had that conversation that you said that the, the thing with streaks mm. is that it's, all, it's always about the, the worry that the streak might end. You don't know when the streak is going to an end. And then here we are, we're in this match, and all of a sudden it was like, well, the streak's not ending here. And then it ended. But we didn't have that feeling of like, oh man, I wonder if the streak is going to end at this point. It really did seem like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, which, isn't, which isn't necessarily the worst thing. Well, I, I thought, and as I, I really did enjoy the match. I was like, my God, these these two women are going to steal the show here. In the Particularly the open exchanges. There was a lovely moment where Charlotte flew to the outside and, and hit her shoulder on the barricade mm. and Asuka just looked at her through the ropes and patted her shoulder. Yeah. You know, like, I know. You've just given me a target. That was and so Charlotte good, yeah. scared. And just the, the counter-wrestling, the submissions was great. Charlotte did a moonsault and Asuka caught mm. her in a triangle. Like, yeah. that's that's insane. Like, that sounds like a video game. Like, it was so cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought it had three minutes left in it. At yeah, least. that's what I thought as well. Like that figure eight spot yeah. felt like it should have built to another figure eight spot later on, and then and then the crowd would have gone into it more. Maybe yeah. that's why they went into the near falls. So I, it was I, I gave it three and three quarters again. Yeah, I thought it was a very good match, but it was it was just five minutes short of being a, a you know a proper good match. Yeah, I mean uh, it's without a shadow of a doubt. Well, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm, I would say with almost certainty, it's the best women's match in Wrestlemania history yeah yeah I mean I, I don't have the whole list in front of me mm. but I would I would put some decent amount of money on that that's as, more damning the rest of oh yeah, no, I'm, yeah, yeah rather but than like, saying I, this I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people say it was the best women's match in WWE history but like that's that's oh, no, that not absolute, even close no that's not, not even close but it was I think it might be the best women's Wrestlemania match I, I, I preferred Asuka Nia Jax on Raw yeah, yeah, and, and stuff like that, and and the, that gauntlet match, uh, the end match with Nia Jax and Sasha Banks. I mean, those are just recent examples. We we could give loads. Uh, now, after this, and this was why this was what I really liked about WrestleMania. Although, and, yeah, so, and, and some people hated this moment. Yeah, and it, although it sounds like I'm crapping on it, just when you're like you're trying to recover from, oh my god, Asuka's streak just lost, uh, just was ended, and Asuka like you were ready for Asuka, bit hokey, didn't like that, but uh, I get why they did it. But John, a uh, referee runs down to tell John Cena, something's happening, something's happening. John Cena's like, and he runs back and Michael Cole is just going, what's happened? What could this possibly be? I'm like, it's The Undertaker. It's quite <laughs> clearly something. Why wouldn't you just say, oh, it looks like maybe The Undertaker's back there. Mm. What else could cause John Cena to run to the back like that? Why, why do you have to be an idiot? And and try and fabricate suspense when we all know it. Just it sounds like you're not as smart as us, and you're meant to be the lead play-by-play announcer. So I mean, but a couple of questions for you, uh, mm. I suppose, is that why people hated this moment is that they felt that John Cena and him running to the back that overshadowed Charlotte's beating As- Asuka. You know, not only like losing the streak, tapping out, and that, and it's the same like when Ronda Rousey debuted, mm. and it was like, oh, Ronda Rousey debuting overshadowed. <laughs> 
um, uh, you know, Asuka's yeah, Royal Rumble win. So they, and you know, and they just sort of and they did it again. Also, as well as the other question is that your first ever women's Royal Rumble winner loses at WrestleMania. Mm. So you know, it's and, and that's you know, I'm, I, again, I don't think that's the worst thing. It's just, I think it's an interesting point. It's, Both Royal Rumble winners lost, in fact. Yeah, they're they're good points. They they and you're right. But I think this was fine. Like mm-hmm. this, this was fine. I enjoyed the way it went. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wouldn't take away from you if you were angry about it because it sounds, that you know, that's sounds like something I could get angry about on a different day. If I didn't enjoy the rest of the show so much, maybe I'd have picked that whole. But up. again, this is that that moment where me and my friends are sat there and we're like, "What a great WrestleMania this is!" Yeah, the moment because yeah, we like, had a, burn, burn, a great burn. opener, an absolutely fantastic women's championship match, and then that John Cena moment, which just felt like super chaotic and stuff. And then you're like we're going to be building to this scene mm. take a confrontation or whatever it is it just kept sort of like adding layers and layers at the moment this is still set up to be a really great Wrestlemania I love narratives that run through shows mm. I think the best like and, and that's something I usually expect from TV episodes of, of Raw and Smackdown so when it happens on a pay-per-view like the Daniel Bryan winning to get into the main event it just it just makes it feel even bigger even more big to, more Wrestlemania than ever yeah uh, but then we came crashing down a bit Jinder Mahal beat Rusev, Bobby Roode, and Randy Orton. Well, they were put in the death spot, really, mm. um, because the crowd were just like completely, like you know, burned out from that the Charlotte Asuka match, the shock of Asuka tapping out, and then the John Cena running down. Like this match was just, it was just there. People mm. were massively into Rusev Day, though they really liked Aiden English singing. This Ray came up with the shaved head. I do feel his pain because he and I have very similar. Um, uh, hairlines. However, I'm not going to shave my head because I just think I have the wrong head shape for it. I think I think I'd look really. I mean, I know what I look like with a shaved head because I used to shave my head down to 0.5. Um, well, the Espuestos match. You might not have a choice. The uh, is that how you say it? The hair versus hair. Okay, are we having a hair versus probably hair match? eventually? Oh, we'll okay. run out of gimmicks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was uh, I, my favorite moment of this match. Actually, came right at the start, which is when. <laughs> I can't remember who's on the outside, but two of the lads on the outside, and Rusev just went Rusev Day, and then did a cannonball. And just, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, proper, off, of the, off the eight. Proper made me laugh. Yes, it just—it's the absurdity of him just shouting Rusev Day mm. and then doing a cannonball. I had a proper old chuckle at that. Yeah, uh, it was a bit sad, and I—I I wouldn't have had a big entrance, but it's a bit sad that this is Bobby Roode's first WrestleMania. And he's not in a position where he gets a crazy cool entrance. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, you know, from all his work in NXT, the great takeover entrances. I just thought, as soon as this guy gets up to the main roster, I cannot wait for that big singles match and his entrance at Mania. Well, Finn Balor, this is Balor's first WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was just Finn Balor. He just did an entrance. Mm. You know, and you talk about those sort of great entrances that you were building up in, in NXT. But he wasn't the he wasn't the demon, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so yeah, or- Orkin, Orkin, Orton RKO's everybody, yep. including English. He Certainly gets does, involved, yeah. and Rude hits a glorious DDT on someone on Orton, and then Rusev is like he's super on top, and he's getting uh, he's kicking everyone as he's delivering match kicks, mm-hmm. and then he goes for the accolade on Jinder, but Sunil distracts and Jinder wins. Jinder hits the colossus and pins Rusev. Of course, he pinned Rusev. That'll teach you for trying to get over, yeah. mate. Um, I did right here the least over man in the match one. Um, well, I so I don't again. I don't hate this. No, and, no, and I, no think, I don't hate it either. I think it's a good title for him to have. Jinder suits the United States title so much better than he did the the top title. And I, I've I've been looking forward to him getting a run with this belt for quite a few months. 
Uh, it's just, why did you pin Rusev? <laughs> He's the, the most other, over guy. But the other two are stars. In, I mean, do, in WWE's book. Randy Orton does not lose anything by... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So next up, we got a Fashion Files skit. This, you got this. This was so funny. I was really excited. And I was like, man, they've upped the production for WrestleMania because the depth of field, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. background was slightly out of focus. It made it look uh, quite cinematic. And then I was like, because it's an advert. <laughs> oh, I've been trolled. I'm tricked, rather. It did make me laugh, though. It was a good, good sketch. It, it, was, it was a good sketch. Uh, then we got... Right, wow. do you want to hear my theory on this? So it's the it's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. Do you want to hear my theory on this? Tell me. They have been making um, Ronda look rubbish on TV on purpose. No. That, I, I did this crazy theory. Really? It might be because I haven't sl- I haven't had a lot of sleep in the last couple of days. But I was I was just watching it, it was like because Ronda Rousey was the star of this match. Triple H was just like it was on another level. Mm. But Ronda Rousey was so so good in this match. She was. Everything she did was absolutely brilliant. A couple of, maybe a bit too many twists and turns when she was doing a backdrop, but you know, it's the first time. It's the first time in a wrestling ring for a first wrestling match. It was so so good, and I suddenly thought, like, why was everything else so rubbish? And I was like, wonder if it was on purpose. It was to lower all mm. of our expectations, so we dorks like us and the dorks that watch this show, which we say in a loving fashion, we all go like, oh, this is going to be dreadful. Yeah. Triple H is going to have to work for four people here. He's going to have to carry this match. Poor old Kurt Angle can barely walk. And then you come in here and all four of them do their this absolutely amazing performance, and you're like, oh my god, this is absolutely brilliant. This is my match of the night. Oh yes, without like, a without doubt. a shadow of a doubt, this is match of the night. I have. How is this a better match yeah. than Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura, Nakamura versus? AJ. Oh, this match was so good. I'll tell you how good this match was. So the two friends I was watching it with, I've mentioned one of them before, my friend Simon. He hates Ronda Rousey. Mm. Just like, maybe hate is a strong word, but I'm almost certain that he does. He just like really, really dislikes her. He disliked her in UFC. He's just always, always disliked her. By the end of this match, he was like, Ronda Rousey was great. Wow. Like, this match turned him around. Like, a man who has spent his ent- her entire career being like, I don't like her. Mm. I just don't like her. She's just, she's not as good as people make her out to be. She was fine in UFC until people actually started training and just got better than her because she was, she was only good because everyone else was rubbish. And, but like, here, he was, he was like, she's great. She was absolutely brilliant in this match. Oh, what a match this was. I, I'm glad to hear that because I this was a star-making performance. Dave Meltzer on their, on the Wrestling Observer Review said this was the best in-ring debut he's ever seen. Mm. You know, not like not like debuting for a company when you've worked elsewhere, but from a yeah. your proper debut. And it, you know, it's because she's been training for effectively a whole year. Yeah. I've just realised they've been reading off the wrong ratings, by the way. Have you? Uh, yes. So the, the three-way opening was four stars. Charlotte Asker was four and a quarter. And uh, the United States title match was two and a half. Uh, how, but this how did you get them wrong? Because I changed my opinions on them afterwards. That was that was like the live edit, okay. and in the actual ones, I forgot that I'm reading off outdated notes. But yes, this was I. I thought this was match of the night. Uh, everything from the entrance. So Triple H and Stephanie McMahon get that sexy lady motorcycle entrance. Lady thing. bikers. Lady bikers. And Triple H just looked incredible. He looked in amazing shape. Wow. Like, oh man, he looked in such great shape. And I love his look at the bald mm. head and the great big bushy beard. Yes. I just, he looks so cool at the and moment. And the laser pointers were really cool. They used them a few times for entrances. I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, when Kurt Angle came out, 
I just it took me back. I was like Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, yeah, doing this entrance, even though he was doing his silly oh, hand yeah, with thing. silly hand gestures. Suck. Suck. Uh, just it took me back. And then when Ronda came out, the music hits. That smoke was there, and I was like, oh my god, she's gonna walk out in full MMA gear. I just I just saw that silhouette, but she walked out in kind of like a a rowdy Roddy Piper stripper outfit <laughs> is what I would call it. And I was like, ah, no, this oh, would have been so much better if she came out without any shoes or, or stuff like that. That skirt looks really just like a chav, a chav stripper. And uh, But then she when she took that off and she had the, the, the sort of boxing boots and the, the, the trunks, mm-hmm. I thought she looked awesome. Yeah. I would have preferred, like, to be super nitpicky, I would have preferred her to have, like, a black top just like full on mean badass mm-hmm. but I d- it's, it's pro wrestling it's fine one more thing on the entrances when um, Triple H and Steph did their thing because like because there was quite a lot of these lady mm. bikers there was like a bit of an army of them they had to quite gingerly ride down it, it wasn't quite like the Undertaker you know like yeah. that it was just like we're going to Gingerly, we're going to obey all of the laws here. We're going to make sure that no one really gets hurt. Stephanie, she's only done this a couple of times, so we're going to make sure that everything's fine. And then they ended it, and Michael Cole, just like in his awful Michael Cole way, was just like, "Now that's a WrestleMania entrance." And I was like, "Oh, shut yeah. up, Cole! Yeah, shut up, Cole!" So a lot of people have pointed this out on Twitter. We had a wild Umpalumpa NXT referee sighting. Oh, was he the referee in this match? Yes, yes, he was. And I've got a theory. I think, of course, there's a Triple H connection because NXT is his baby. The Oompa Loompa referee is the top referee in NXT. But also, I imagine they've all been performing this, uh, rehearsing this for at, months. At the performance center. In center. the performance yeah, center. Yeah, that makes sense. Where this ref is. Yeah. So, you know, he knows the match inside out mm-hmm. and has probably been doing the dress rehearsals with them. Yeah. So uh, that's probably why he was in there. I, I can't get over how great this match was. Like, you and I, uh, we are... We rag on Stephanie almost week in, week out because she does my head in when she when she cuts promos. I think she's sometimes she just she she's a heel, which is fine because you're not meant to like her as a heel. But then she just does stuff that makes you go like, oh, "You're just being a knob now." Yeah, and she does stuff to just try and get herself over, and she doesn't get anyone else over mm. in the in the process, which I, I think is a real a real negative against her. But she was so great in this match. She was such an annoying pest. Of just like tripping Ronda Rousey off, they were raking Kurt Angle's eyes, and then as soon as it all went tits up, and tri- Triple H got knocked to the outside, and Kurt Angle was going to make the tag to Ronda, and she's just shouting, "Hunter!" She's just shouting, "Hunter, get up!" Yeah. Like I'm in trouble here. You're. What are you doing down there? It was so great. And then when she got the tag, and she just had this look on her face, it was like, "Uh oh, this is all going to go. This is going to go horribly wrong for me." Yeah, uh, and it was like, "Hunter." <laughs> Hunter! Hunter. (laughs) Oh, God. But yes, this was just... like Because we both said, the way you do this match, five minutes. And we were dreading, oh, it's Triple H. He's going to want a 20-minute-plus match. And this went... This was the longest match of the night. Was it really? By 20 seconds. This was 20 Mm. minutes, 40 seconds long. AJ Nakamura went 20 minutes, 20. This flew by. It didn't just... This felt like 10 or 15 minutes. And it was because it was so well booked oh yeah it had like you could have not very good wrestlers in there but if you book it the right way to their strengths and you have enough twists and turns and and just like the simple psychology of stephanie being that pest like you said and just kept on cutting off ronda and cheating or michael cole never said the word cheating did you notice this i didn't know he just said 
oh, this is manipulation of the rules. Oh, hello. And I was like, this is this this has been used too often now to to be not a director. Yeah, that's that's, so that's very true. Annoying. But it's just like the, the the way it was laid out, and you think as soon as Ronda got in there, about ten minutes in, I thought, well, this is the end, isn't it? And there is an argument that maybe you it should have. No, I, no, because I liked yeah. everything that came after it. The, the main problem with the match is Stephanie blocking the armbar. She yeah. should not have had well, that. Okay, so my, I think my internal defense mm-hmm. of that was that it's the one thing she's been trained how to do is to, yes. is to block that armbar. So she was like, oh, I just need to clasp my hands. I know I need to do that. Because uh, I've seen a lot of people say that she was in, she was in the armbar for too long, yeah. and that was the thing. She never got into the armbar, but as soon as she locked in the armbar, she tapped out immediately. But she was she was tr- had trained herself to block the armbar, which I thought was quite mm. nice thing because you then built up to the armbar eventually getting locked on. It'd and been and so- how it was leveraged yeah. to break. It'd have been hole. so much worse if she'd have locked on the armbar and she was just in it for ages. You know, just Ember Moon style. Ember Moon style, exactly. But my favorite moment of this match, and there are many because this match was so mm. good. But my favorite moment of this match is when. Ronda just starts mouthing off to Triple H. There's, it's these two are alone in the ring. And the referee, obeying by the rules, is like, well, we can't have uh, male-on-female violence. You've seen Mixed Match Challenge. Mm. You have to tag in and out. And so he's doing this. But, and Ronda's like, you know, like, let's have a fight. And Triple H almost just chuckles and to get, put, like, essentially picks up the ref and puts him in the corner. He's like, it's okay. Taps him on the chest. Taps him on the chest, being like, "It's fine. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's absolutely okay." And they square off, and she just starts throwing these punches. And Triple H essentially just craps himself into the corner. He's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" He sold it so well. And it those, looked amazing. Those punches looked incredible. Oh, they're great. And they, they were like Suzuki level punches. Yeah. And and that was like she she was awesome from the start, just doing like the sort of warm up stuff where she taps her, herself. And when the the interaction with Stephanie, she was awesome there as well. She's a wicked like clothesline into a roll yeah it just like everything everything looked really like like it hurt yeah <laughs> and and when she locks in those submissions presumably because she has so much real life experience with how they're properly meant to be applied like i've never seen an arm bar with the legs wrapped around the throat mm. uh, in wrestling like like how she locked it in with yeah, triple yeah. h uh, but the, those punches looked incredible um i that but the uh, the trash talking she did, but she was a bit lame at one point. But I, I kind of love her for it because it just makes her more human. Uh, the that like Triple H is on the outside. It's just before the first bit of physicality between Triple H and Ronda, where you know he pulls her out the ring, mm. and everyone, whoa! whoa, yeah. And I'm so glad they did that because they could have played it safe and not had any uh, man on woman interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that they, they did go to that well, and I thought it paid off. Uh, but uh, Trips pulls out i think maybe it was the referee to stop the the, yeah. the count and ronda shouts over the top rope to triple h not very convincingly that's the biggest cheat i've ever seen <laughs> i'm going to continue beating up your wife but the, the first line was a bit ropey the yeah, second line was just i'm going to continue beating up your wife now and that was cool that's cool <laughs> yeah, the first like... one. Oh, i like the first one yeah. that that first one needs to go on a t-shirt that's yes. great I, I just thought this match was great. Oh, sorry, the, the Ronda punches. Corey Graves was really good in this match because he was he was really defending 
the McMahons, his <laughs> bosses, as he kept on saying. And when when Ronda's putting in those punches, Corey's like, "Get your guard up, boss." <laughs> it's <laughs> really pretty, good. He was a proper Jerry Lawler yeah, in this match. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, but yeah, there, there was spots where they did like the uh, they did a sort of like a double pedigree uh, thing. They did the double tap out spot that we all thought was, might mm. have actually been the finish, but that got reversed. There was just like I think everything in this match. I mean, it was rehearsed to the nines, but it never looked like it was rehearsed yeah, to the yeah, nines. Yeah. And that that's that's kind of the, the brilliance of this. I just thought this match was great, and mm. I'm, I I want to watch this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to watch this again. There's a moment in this match. I've just written it here in caps lock because it made me laugh. It's like it was when I'm trying to remember where it is now. It's just it was just before the double pedigree spots, and Stephanie just looks at Triple H and like Kurt and Ronda down in the ring, and she goes, "I hate them." <laughs> They are good heels. So and just, good. just that finish of uh, Ronda having Stephanie in the armbar, but not fully locked in because Stephanie's holding, uh, she's got her grip locked. And the way Ronda sort of got, and I was like, well, why is she positioning herself this way? Because it seemed like really slow, but it, it makes perfect sense. She was putting her shoulder up into Stephanie's grip and just leveraging herself. Yeah. And it was like watching a cat with its claw on a mouse's tail and just slowly cutting up the inside of it. Uh, which is a bit of a... I don't know why I use that it's analogy. It's quite dark. Yeah, but it was just like... And, Kids and, and, watch Ron- and Ronda said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to make you tap out now. Yeah. And it was just awesome. And the way she brutally snapped back yeah. into that armbar. Ronda is a star, but like a star up on the level now where I am actually like fanboying over her 100%. like how I would like I remember when I first got into Kenny Omega and I have these sort of like month long flirts with, with wrestlers sometimes or Kevin Steen and I think all I want to do is is watch their matches and I'm, I'm yeah I'm a huge fan uh, like so, like when Seth Rollins had that Iron Man match that was the last time I felt that way mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan's different that was more of a, an yeah. emotional thing but this was like yeah cool I believe in you kick some ass with Seth Rollins that is how I am with Ronda and to be honest I can't say I've ever felt that about a female performer like I have to, to the extent of male performers in the past and it, you know you get worried after a while you think damn is that just, is that my fault <laughs> am I just a misogynist but then seeing it done right with Ronda this is like this is female wrestling booking done to perfection and and I and I'm glad that I'm not a, a dickhead no <laughs> because I got into it you yeah man well I mean I had it, I had it with Bailey that was my yeah like yeah. when it, uh, Bailey in NXT, but I never, was, I never bought into her as a, a, like an ass. Oh, I never, I took, oh man, I fanboyed over mm. Bailey hardcore and uh, Becky Lynch. Actually, that, that, the, the four of them when they were down there. <laughs> but anyway, we're we're getting by the by. I thought that match was great. Match of the night. And Dana White was shown at ringside immediately afterwards, which was. was a, which was just as shocking. It was like WrestleMania's crazy right now. Dana Ronda White Rousey here. had best uh, best match. Yeah. Asuka's streak over. It's opposite day. Yeah. Uh, now, unfortunately, we had the bad side of the unpredictability next the match that we all thought i even said you know this is my most anticipated in-ring match bludgeon brothers versus new day versus usos they had a five minute um thing do you know what smackdown main event (laughs) yeah i had some people get in touch with me on twitter blaming me for not enjoying this match Oh really? Because they said that I I'd built it up too much. Mm. I was like, it's not my fault. They only got five minutes. It's it's, and it's there's fourteen matches on this card. Yeah, not everyone can have the twenty minute classic. No, and it just isn't. 
isn't Bludgeon Brothers a new day's and Uso's turn? No, which is a real shame because like I was really excited for this match and it was just it was a, put in an awkward position. They only mm. got five minutes, which means you can't really. And I, and I, then I kind of feel bad for the Usos because it's their first time on a WrestleMania card. Yeah. That's not the kickoff show. And you know, so it's the Bludgeon Brothers sort of debut, you know, as as a as a this new team, and I thought that the way they told the story should have been really good. Apart from that last SmackDown, this should have been really great. But it 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 was what it was. It was over very quickly, and the Bludgeon Brothers won. Yeah, uh, very disappointing. Yeah, but hey, this isn't the cut the culmination. I'm imagining they're gonna have the match. We we all know they're gonna have the match. I'm I'm very hopeful that WWE know they can too, and we'll get this match later down the line. And this this WrestleMania is too long. Like this, ma- did this match need to be on here if this was the match you were going to give us? Yeah, exactly. Like, why can't you just make the Raw and Go Home Smackdowns also like almost like mini pay per views, and you put all these matches on there as special attraction matches, not special, but you know, like well promoted matches. But you're not on the WrestleMania card. It's just on the go-home show. And it's like a full week of crazy big matches. Speaking of which, the hype packages on this uh, on this pay-per-view, across the board, mm. it's WWE, you expect them to be good. They were absolutely fantastic. And every time I saw one of them, because obviously you see them quite a few times on the kickoff show, and then you see them again yeah. in, the, in, the, in the actual pay-per-view itself. And I just thought, it was like, why didn't they put this on TV? Why didn't you put these hype packages on Raw and SmackDown? Like... I, that might actually get people excited for it. That, the video package for Charlotte and Asuka did so much more for that feud than the in-ring segment they had on mm. SmackDown. And it was it, it was much better for them and it was much better for the feud. I just think, you know, do it better. Mm. Just put those on TV. Just do it better. Just do it better. Luke Harper, by the way, I sort of uh, forgot how much I enjoy the guy. Oh, he's so good. Because we haven't really seen him wrestle for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had the squash match. The, the Bludgeon Brothers came back in what November or December, maybe. And November, I think it was. And, yeah. and they, they've just been squashing people in short matches. This was like the the most of a match that Harper's had in over a year. And God, he's he's good. His he is facial good. expressions, yep. the way he moves around. Ah, joy to watch. He's, so hopefully we'll get to see more of that now they're champions. I, I really hope so as well. I, I think he's great. And it made me think as well, as, as I said to my buddies last night, kind of made me feel a bit sad again that mm. he didn't get his WrestleMania moment last year when it, when it should have been a triple threat for the yeah. WWE Championship. Uh, so I gave that two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena... What did you give the, um, uh, the t- mixed tag? Oh, four and a half. Good man. Uh, the next up, we had John Cena coming down, and he makes the entrance. This was another controversial moment on oh, the really? show. Uh, some people were like, I when I say like pissed, I was getting just vitriolic hate from this uh, segment as a whole. I think uh, I don't think Twitter's indicative of the overall response. I, I, th- I it's, think it's it's, it's a. Um, <clears throat> it is a it's a, an instant reaction but you're only it's, 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 it's the same as like everyone who was like as soon as this show finished I was just getting message after message going like worst mania ever worst mania ever worst mania ever and I was like guys it's not the worst mania ever mm. for X, Y and Z and it is very much just that instant reaction but I, well, so what I'd say is that a lot of people's instant reaction to this from start to end was just like this was a waste and then even like uh, you know hours later I still people say like it was the worst thing on the show mm. well I would I would counter that with People are much more likely to say bad things. So if if you 
if if you're upset about it, you might be a tiny minority, but because that's a more emotive feeling, you're going to go to Twitter and tweet about it. It's why like review sites are skewered towards more negative reviews because the person who's going to take the time out to go and review something is either really really good or bad, which is more common. So I, I would I would never take uh, I would never take internet responses as indicative of everything. I th- you, I, th- you I read Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, but that's an internet response. Yeah, no, I read all of them, but then I, I don't take them as that's the only. response. No, no, I'm, and I wasn't saying that is the only yeah. response. I'm just saying there are people there are who people. were like vitriolic hate for this segment. I thought you said a lot, uh, but the it was a lot. I I mean I I thought this was totally fine and I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, but but yeah. the the question is, was it worth it? Well, here, okay, so here's my thinking mm. behind it. This is just the next step in the story. And on Raw tonight, they're going to announce they're going to do Cena Run the Taker at WrestleMania 35, career versus career, and they'll build it up that way. This was like, it almost feels like John Cena lost this match mm. because he was overconfident. And like, he can play this like, you, I was calling you out for weeks. Where were you? You can't just show up on the day mm. and expect me to have a match. Let's do this again. We're going to both be, we're going to prepare. We'll do it properly again next year. So I want Cena to say, I had five pints, mate. Exactly, yeah. I was <laughs> drinking at ringside. Yeah. I was taking photos with people. I was being, you know, and I, I think that you could tell this as a really interesting story then, mm-hmm. this year-long tale of Cena versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 35. Uh, and I, I think that'd be really cool. So this started with Cena running down, and he's like, yeah, but let's, let's do this, woohoo. And the lights cut out, and then Elias comes out. Brilliant spot. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mega heat. Uh, Elias is like, were you expecting someone else? Yes, Starts we playing, were. Starts playing House of the Rising Sun. Yes, and uh, then th- then Cena sits down in the crowd again, like, oh, okay. And Elias starts singing a song, and he goes, John Cena sucks. And then everyone cheered. And then the next line was, because he's like all of you. <laughs> and then everyone went, but what, boo! Proving that Elias is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but this caused Cena to run in and beat up Elias. And then he's, like, he celebrates, but... Really good acting here. Cena celebrates, but very half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. And he then he walks up the ramp like, oh, that was my WrestleMania match. And then the lights cut out. And then uh, the, there's a spotlight in the ring and Taker's gear's there. The hat and the coat and the gloves. And then there was the lightning strike. Yeah. Which it, could have done without. Well, it's WWE. Mm. And, and The Undertaker. They like their cartoony nonsense with The yeah, Undertaker. But they did have a pyro explosion. I could, why can't you just have the pyro explosion? Uh, and then the lights went down again. And then Undertaker appeared and made a long entrance. And they had... Do you know how long the match went? It was only a few minutes. Two minutes, 45 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I was going to say it was quick. And that's why people were pissed. Because it was a John Cena squash match. And... And I think that's what the, the mm. instant reaction, the instant hatred reaction that you kind of get on Twitter, you're just like, that was stupid, that was stupid, that was stupid. It's... If this is the end of it, then yeah, was it really worth it? Not particularly, not a really great ending. But if this was just your next step in a story, it's the same with you know, the instant hatred reaction of um, Goldberg beating Lesnar in 86 seconds. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were really down on that, but I thought it was an amazing first step in a story. Yeah. It, was a, it was a perfect, a perfectly booked match because you then build to the next thing. And it's the same thing here. If this is going to build to a match next year, career versus career, whatever... It, I think it could, it could really work. I think it'd be really great to use this then as a, as your next chapter. And it certainly seemed that way because Michael Cole was very much putting over 
what does this mean? Yeah. Is the Undertaker back? And he looked really good. It looked great. Very good. It, this was not the Undertaker we had last year. No. This was, he was in great shape. He was moving so was, well. I think it must be that hip replacement yeah. because uh, for the Royal Rumble 2017 and Mania last year, he was just, he could barely move, could he? Yep. He was hobbling around. But this, I saw no hobble. And again, and it must be that hip replacement. And here we are still. What, uh, gearing up to be one of the best manias of all time because at this moment here I'm still like yeah. super into this show particularly because we got one of my favourite things in the whole world we got Undertaker noises in this very show it was only two minutes but we did get two Undertaker noises which I love which is when he just goes bloop and yeah. I love it uh, Any, anytime I could get an Undertaker noise the, there was the, my favourite spot of the very brief match though Undertaker dominated it but then I think he only took one bump, which was that backdrop from Cena. Yeah. Uh, so he was very protected. And then Cena does the five-knuckle shuffle. He's getting cocky, like, I've got this now. Bounce off the ropes. Turns back. Undertaker's done the sit-up. And the way Cena skids back when he sees so that. So good. Then chokes Sam Tombstone, pile driver. Undertaker wins. And it was just like, like I, didn't, I don't know why I didn't think of... I just thought, this is it. This is done. Mm. But if you build that up to next year into a match... Yeah, that's that's really good because Cena can just say, you know, I, I was prepared. I, I was focusing so much on calling you out. I did not prepare for the match. Exactly. I wasn't prepared for it because yeah. you never answered my call. You waited until the last moment and you got mm. essentially got a sneak attack on me. Yeah. But I, I liked it. Even if it doesn't pay off, I liked it. Yeah. I, like, I, I yeah. found it fun. I thought it was a nice moment. Uh and, and, and you know it it does cheapen the retirement angle from last year if it is a one-off but I was never into that anyway <laughs> I was never into that match yeah um, so, okay so <clears throat> I think once we've done the Hall of Fame stuff lovely mm-hmm. Hall of Fame stuff always very nice I think here is where the show started to fall apart for me yes yeah yeah and I don't think it ever <coughs> really recovered um, just thinking about the next three or four matches mm. and this next one is the one that infuriates me the most mm. because this was the easiest thing to do in the world. It was Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Cool, we've got four guys in this ring. There's one lad here that the, the crowd just really, really want to see. Do you know what they really want to see? Do you know what they want more than anything is to see Daniel Bryan do a wrestle so we can all chant yes and have a wonderful time. So what do they do? They take him out for most of it and they do like an injury spot and they put him on the board. The crowd died. The crowd absolutely died and just did not care. They didn't care for Shane did with his awful punches. They just did not care about anything in this match because they were just waiting for Daniel Bryan to get back up. And then when Daniel Bryan did get back up, people were into it. But the the level of emotion that the match had at the end compared to the level of emotion you had at the start when Daniel Bryan made his entrance it was a wide difference. Yeah. And it's a real, real shame. <coughs> yeah, I totally agree. Shame. This, this was the moment. It's because... This is a seven-hour show, and by all accounts, everyone, very rarely, everyone got there for the start of the pre-show. So usually you'd have people filtering in through the pre-show, and mm-hmm. they're definitely there by the main yeah. uh, the main card. But so, so you get like three, four hours of the main card. But now, rather than those three, four hours, you've already had that extra two hours for everyone in there. And th- so the crowd are tired. You just need to give them a reason to switch off. And the, the slightest misstep... and 
this was a misstep. Such a misstep. Writing Brian out like that. Yeah. And, and it's a shame because you had the video package, then you had Shane's entrance, then you had another video package, which was all built around the Yes movement. It's a bit and goofy. That. Do you think? Well, the, no, no. The, 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 yeah. yeah the, that's, that's what I mean. Like, the, the target, yeah. target. That was a bit, <coughs> bit naff. But yeah. the actual, like, showing footage of, like, the Yes movement, like, that... I mean, it's amazing because they never put that on TV yeah, when, he, when yeah, Daniel yeah. Bryan was an active wrestler. And there was all sort of stuff. As fans, we were like, put that on TV. Mm. Shows how great this thing is. But when Bryan came out and he just paused and oh. he had that moment to himself at the top of the ramp. It's a nearly flood to tears. Yeah. Like, it's something that he's been working so hard to get. I was, uh, you know, I've, I've said it before, I was nearly welling up just seeing him mm. again. I was like, mm. I cannot. I was so excited for this. And they just made that slight misstep of doing the powerbomb onto the ring apron which again is just really devaluing that move. Yes, because yeah. It used to be that you were out of action for months. Then it was you're out of action for a week. Now you're out of action for half a match. Mm. The it 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 looks good on paper. You know, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, this um, this yes. huge return. Let's take him out of the start and we can build to this hot tag at the end of the match and the crowd will be even more frothing at the bit for it. But uh that didn't work and and like you said they should have just given Bryan given them Brian right out of the gate I there was a moment in this match when Brian finally got in and did the hot tag in 10 minutes of Shane McMahon that, wrestling well, I was going to say that's the other key of this it was 10 minutes of waiting and the crowd just got quieter and quieter yeah. and quieter with each passing minute because it's it's your favourite <laughs> thing in the world Shane McMahon out wrestling people yeah Shane McMahon 40 year old you know late 40s suffering from the, the hernia and diverticulitis well, and well he's, pronounced. he's out wrestling these two guys for 10 minutes. It's just, it's it's baffling. And it's bad. Like, it was bad. There was a moment when him and Sammy just ran into each other. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't good to watch. It was dramatically boring. The guy you wanted to see was on the outside. Anyway, so Brian gets in and he, he runs wild oh, and he yeah. hits the drop, the, the drop kicks into the corner. And there's a bit where he landed and he just, he was on the floor for a couple of seconds and he oh, held his head held his head yeah and I was like <gasps> and I, my heart jumped but then he got up and he, he didn't really reference that again and I thought oh my god you should have just done this spot at the start of the match and then pretended that Brian was injured based off that and then you make Shane sell for five minutes then you get the hot tag and then Brian comes in yeah that, that, that's uh, a much better way of doing this but holy hell you forget how quick Daniel Bryan is yeah like when he comes in he is fast as lightning like when he just runs he does his little flip over the uh, on the turnbuckle and then he just runs against the rope he's so good and I'm, yeah. I'm so glad to have him back we didn't get any uh, heel turn shenanigans here they saved that for a different match because it's opposite mm. day um, uh, but I, I you know it was when Brian was in I really enjoyed it but it was the wrong for me I thought it was the wrong way to do the match and it was a bit disappointing yeah I by the way I gave the John Cena Undertaker match four stars whoa Just, I, I thought like, it was really as a fun. whole package as a whole yeah the story building up to yeah. it the segments throughout the night uh, this uh, the tag match I gave three and to be honest that was only because it was Brian's return yeah it was three stars for Daniel Bryan yeah uh then next up, we got the... I, I've written here, actually. I'm getting a bit tired of wrestling now. <laughs> I was... Yeah, I was knackered at this yeah. point. Like my, uh, we were all sort of flagging a little bit. It's it's a long show. Yeah, I just... Split it over two nights. Or just have Raw and SmackDown as your first night. 
I, I think my idea's better. <laughs> then the attendance got the pyro pop. Yep. 78,133 in quotes. Bruce Pritchard endorsed. Uh, and then we got Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bliss had a good entrance. Comes down on the pedestal. Yep. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then she beckons out Mickey James mm-hmm. to join her. Uh, he was just there to get destroyed by Nia Jax for the opening couple of minutes. Yep. Uh, this was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Again, I thought this was... <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, I it, with the story they were telling, it almost felt like it should have just been a Nia Jax complete squash and domination. It was pretty much. It was pretty much, but you, it was like we had to have a period here where Nia sells for a bit, and like the people, the crowd just didn't buy into mm. Nia selling, and it never really came together as a whole. It was, which is again, it was a real shame because I was kind of really looking forward to this, and I thought Nia looked really good, and I thought Alexa looked really good, but like it just just something didn't work mm. and maybe it was just because they just kept doing eye pokes and corny things like that but it didn't really work and Nijax just won yeah uh, but that's that's the right result is, it is absolutely yeah. the right result but, but Mickey, I, I think it like, went too long it did go too long Mickey James like it should, they, you know you talk about like matches need to have time cut out of them you would talk about the, the Bludgeon Brothers thing like as a match that probably didn't need to be mm. five minutes that could have actually done with an extra five minutes Asuka Charlotte could have done with an extra five minutes this did not need as long as it had yeah. it, it was a real shame um, actually I would have preferred if they'd have swapped them round and done um, Nia and Alexa as your first women's match mm. and then done the you know done a much shorter match and then given Charlotte and Asuka much more time later in the show possibly uh yeah, it was just it was, it was following off of that Daniel Bryan bit, and it really took the crowd out of everything. Yeah, uh, which wasn't helped by somehow AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura having a disappointing match. Do you want to hear my theory on this? That they were made to have a disappointing match <laughs> to make the next one even better. Well, more, oh, is that your actual? No, theory? no, more, more or less. <laughs> like, here's the problem with this match, and it's WWE. It's it is their fault. This was clearly, and um, it was. It's the first in a series. Mm. This was because you had AJ retained the title, and Shinsuke Nakamura turned heel afterwards uh, by giving AJ a low blow. He looks like he's like bending down to give him the belt, and he gives him a low blow afterwards. Dastardly heel Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, what's the next step of this story? Mm. So that's fine. The problem was all the build to this made it seem like this was the one and only match. Because it's the dream match. It's the match that everyone has been asking for. The way they built this sounded like it was a one and done. Mm. Like Finn Balor, um, AJ Styles at TLC yes, last yeah, year. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a real special attraction because it's a dream match. and You're never going to see this match again. So you need to really enjoy this match now because you're not going to see it for another few years. But it's not. We're going to see it next month at Backlash, most likely. So, and as a first step, as your first in a, in a series, this was perfectly fine. But the crowd weren't expecting this to be mm. a first in a series. That that's my theory as to why the crowd weren't into. I, I mean, I'd say the majority of it. Mm. Like the crowd just really weren't into this match at all because I think they were expecting it to be something different. I, that's my theory anyway. I don't know because you you they had they had the most time of anyone on the card. Mm-hmm. Sorry, second seconds. Yeah. So, but only by twenty seconds. Yeah, they yeah. got twenty minutes, twenty seconds. They went in the end. I and given the two guys in the ring. AJ and Nax, why wasn't this match better? Like, I, I... Obviously, we had very high expectations, but there wasn't anything to this that elevated it beyond a normal paper... 
a very good SmackDown main event or a, a normal pay-per-view I main event. completely agree. I actually didn't take notes while I was mm. watching this because I wanted to enjoy... I literally I put my laptop down. I was like, Same, yeah. I, just, I just want to watch this match. I nearly fell asleep. Yeah. Because it's so late in the it's so late in the day, it's so late in the night. I was I was, you know, I was nodding off a little bit and during it, this because it really was going nowhere. It wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't. But it was just like you know, it's been built up as a dream match. I don't think it's the being a one and done cuz you could if this you could still have an excellent 20-minute match, but then AJ just wins at the end over Nakamura and then Nakamura afterwards is like that's why he turns heel. There was nothing in this match really that made me think Oh, Nakamura just missed out. What a valiant effort. And the only way he can beat AJ next time is for that heel turn. Uh, I don't AJ's had loads of great matches. Nakamura, they're a bit rarer. I, 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 I love Nakamura, but I just feel like he's let, let me down a lot. And I kept on thinking, but wait till that AJ that's match at Mania. That's what we've been waiting for. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, it's expectation on our part. But I, I do... I, I, maybe I'm putting too much stock into this because it's the first in a series and we weren't expecting it. I certainly wasn't expecting this to be first in a series. Mm. I was expecting Nakamura to win and AJ gets drafted to Raw and you just keep them apart and you keep this AJ Nakamura as just this special thing that very rarely happens. That's something the WWE are quite pants at doing, really, is trying to actually make things feel special and important. And but that's not what we're doing. We're doing this as an actual feud. We're doing this as like it'll probably go towards SummerSlam and we'll do like the big blow off match there, and that's fine. But then don't build this as the dream match then. But they've but AJ and Nakamura themselves have have spoken about this match for years. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I, but WrestleMania we're going to have this match. So and that, like making it a really really good match. So I don't know why they couldn't have made it better. Like but maybe I, I kind like, of put okay, this so, on. So maybe it's an agent thing. Then. Maybe it's an agent thing. Agents are, like, agent, you know, discussions backstage. You can't do this, you can't do this, because we've got to make this a series of matches. You can't put all of your great stuff in the first match. It, there, is, there is an argument. I'm not saying that is the case. I'm mm. saying that there is an argument that could be made, because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Otherwise, That the two of them sat there and was like, you know what we should go and do? We should just go and have a really good match. Maybe they just had an off day. Like, I, it's, um, it was disappointing. So disappointing. It was very, very disappointing. Yeah. Uh I've still given it a three point seven five because it was good. Like it's still like it's still a good match technically, but unfortunate. But Nakamura's yeah. entrance was the oh, best Nakamura's on the show. Nakamura's entrance was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yes, so good. Great. And the, but the the the, the heel sorry. turn afterwards. I had um so I met, I had a bit of a um a Twitter uh, boo boo mm. when uh, I said that because I saw the, the 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 girl there playing the guitar and I was like. Ah, oh, it's the same uh, woman that played um, Ember Moon's entrance yesterday. And then I realised that on the, the NXT show, we called them Hailstrom. Apparently that's not their name, it's Hailstorm. And I know that because I had uh, upwards of 20,000 people mm. let me know. And so I thought, huh, I'm going to make a bit of a joke about this. It's that girl again from Hailstrom. Hailstrom, right? Hailstrom. I made a big sort of point about it. And then I was like, no, it's the girl from uh, Alice Cooper. And I was like, oh my God's sake, I'm so bad at this. All these white girls just look the same to you. <laughs> these white, white girls, girls with guitars. guitars. White girls with guitars. Uh, but I, I was like, that's why she was at NXT. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit weird when they're just, it's Alice Cooper's guitarist. Yeah. It's Bruce Springsteen's accordion player. <laughs> Uh, this rock though this entrance was so awesome yes. uh, and as was so everything around the match was very good that was very good and I, I, I am really intrigued by the heel turn yes this sets up a, this could be the missing part of Nakamura's character on the main roster 
Uh, I'm very excited to see SmackDown. And that's one of the great things about about this WrestleMania. I'm really excited and intrigued to see where they go next Mm -hmm. after a very predictable year. Um, Next up, we had The Bar come out as part of a Mardi Gras parade float, kind of Dana Brooke levels of character inconsistency. What part of their act lends itself to a Mardi Gras parade introduction? I know you're going to say it, apart from so people wearing giant heads can flee from Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman can then push the float off. That was, yeah, that was very good, but it was peculiar. It was so funny. There were people on Twitter and who just kept saying, man, they're keeping the, the, the Braun tag team partner spot really late. It must be someone huge. Mm. It must be a really big name. And I was like, oh, it's between Nakamura and AJ Styles and the main event. If they put it in the death spots. So Mm. it actually will probably be no one. That there was a moment when Strowman uh, was was sort of tapping on the float, you know, obviously yeah. preparing himself to push it off the stage, and I thought, it's the mystery partner in yeah, the float. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Or it was one of the people like with the the, the, Take the, the heads, head off yeah, his, uh, Kenny Omega or James Ellsworth or James Ellsworth. Very but, opposite end of the spectrum there. But um, you know, they chose someone nobody <laughs> in their right mind could have predicted, like. You, a, a random generator machine could not have picked this guy. What? What is this? 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 I, I was. I didn't take a lot of notes in this either because I was just dumbfounded by the situation that we were in. So, if you haven't seen the show, mm. the bar come out on this Mardi Gras float. Already weird. Mardi bar, as I I, did, I termed it. And then they get down to the ring, and they're like, right, now it's time to find out who Braun's partner is. Braun comes out, he goes, Braun! And he throws off the, the, the Mardi Gras float, and he goes, Braun! Again, and he comes down. And they're like, oh, and his mystery partner is, and he grabs the mic, and he's like, the mystery partner isn't someone in the back. It's not a legend. It's going to be one of you pointing to the crowd. And the crowd are like, ah! Oh. And it was at this point, there was a guy in a green t-shirt who had kind of like been eyeballing all night. I was like... He's got a James Ellsworth beard. I wonder if that's oh, Ellsworth. Like no. they've they've and they've put Ellsworth there as a plan. And I was eyeballing him, and then he walked past, and I was like, "No, that's not Ellsworth no. at all." No. And then I thought, I maybe I bought him a little bit. And then he walks around, and he he spends oh, upwards of twenty minutes walking around the the arena trying to find someone. And he eventually finds. There was a lot of people like chasing after him, going yes. like, "Pick me, pick me!" And I thought, "Man, you're going to look back on this WrestleMania DVD in ten years' time and be like, oh, I wish I'd done that.'" But they get the royalties, <laughs> and he finds. What I originally wrote was a ten-year-old girl. Yes, yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't put that in my review because I thought that would be very upsetting it's very, for it's, the, it's, it's for not, the ten-year-old boy to then watch. Yeah, go. well, I did because I wrote down ten-year-old girl, and then when he said his name was Nicholas, I was like, oh, I'll just quit and change my notes there. Um, and it turns out this little boy is called Nicholas, and he he brings him up to the ring. He's like, "You're my tanky partner," and all the while I'm waiting because I was like, "Right, but the real partner's going to come out in a bit, right?" But no, this ten-year-old. Then stood on the apron, didn't even grab the tag rope though, shouldn't have been broken into this business, Not can't even make a legal tag. And then they literally had a match with this 10-year-old as Braun Strowman's tag team partner. The Nos- New Orleans, their commissions are very strict on what you can and cannot do in yes. professional wrestling, but this was fine. Well, he didn't take any bumps. No, uh, he did get a hot tag though. Yes, the, the coldest which, of hot tags. So this is like this. Is, this is this almost feels like it was. What a lot the of creative fa- team had a long night. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. No one could have predicted this. What they were going to do. No one 
ever would have predicted this is this is what they were going to do. Not even universe mode in the WWE <laughs> 2K18 games would have come up with this. So, Hillbilly Jim was a much more pl- plausible option, but like it was so bizarre. So I don't again. I don't hate it. Like I do, it, it was it was funny compared to the like coming off that AJ Nakamura match this was actually a very reinvigorating change of pace it woke me up a bit uh, yeah it got me back in and, and it was just like because it was so unexpected and so crazy and it was just so in your face manic that you, you can't like you either go crazy and get very annoyed and start venting on Twitter or you can just go what? But that's it what? That's, that was the face I ended up putting was like what is this? Yeah, and then I, again, I got a lot of messages from people going like, "That's the tag team division buried. That the, the tag team uh, titles don't mean anything." And I don't overly buy into that argument. Braun and the the kid ones, mm. and the kid then holds up the title belt, and I suddenly thought, "Like, okay, well, this is Braun's new gimmick." Then every week he comes out saying, "Like, I need a tag team partner." He goes out and he picks out a kid from the crowd who can just stand on the ring apron. They get to hold up mm. the belt, get to go backstage, get the picture taken with the stars. It's quite a nice little thing that you can do. It's not not brilliant for the tag team division because now they're just mm. holding the tag team titles hostage but maybe this is what braun's gimmick is now well that that's that brings me on to my main worry and although i didn't hate this i i think we might be looking back on this in a few months time and seeing this moment as braun Strowman's suffering succotash because if they then t- <sighs> yeah you're if right they then pursue this route and turn him from a badass main event monster babyface into a kid-friendly gentle, hero. Gentle giant. Yeah, which is what he was portrayed as here, a kid-friendly comedy giant. I that is not that is not how Braun got successful. That's not how Braun's going to stay over in mm-hmm. the way that he is. It was um yeah, well jury's out on this one, although it was a funny moment. Is- it's un- undeniably hilarious when especially when Braun Strowman needed that hot tag. <laughs> And the crowd like realized he's gonna hot tag in a ten year old boy, and and Nicholas is like, "What the f- has happened here?" <laughs> and Braun Strowman is he's got like he's even yeah, doing like, the yeah, hand yeah. thing, he's proper baby face, like ca- in in the camps doing that. I'm gonna give you the hot tag moment. Everyone's cheering for it. Tags him in. Nicholas walks in and goes, "Hmm, mm. what can I do I've, here?" I've made an error. Cesaro stands up, shouts something mean, and he just tags in Braun. Those few seconds were enough for Braun <laughs> to completely be revitalized, and he runs in, yep. and then he wins the match. Quick little health potion, and he yeah. was back up again. So uh, it was—it it is bizarre. Yeah, maybe we'll see where this is going next. This could be great, but no, no, but, it, but but more likely, it's going to be bad. And then I, and then I, I feel bad for all those tag teams on Raw. I mean, mm. the tag team division on Raw is dead anyway because it's just a bunch of. It's a bunch of nobodies. The Revival have been buried into the ground. Galanderson mean absolutely nothing. Reiner and Heath Slater mean absolutely nothing. Titus Worldwide mean absolutely nothing. So it's not like the bar had any credible challenges left anyway. Braun certainly doesn't have any credible challenges to his belts because everyone else in the team... But then I'm like, but then I don't want any of the SmackDown teams to get drafted over because then they'll just be lumped into this jobber unit mm. where, I, I don't know... it. It is. There is a concern behind it. Well, I, I don't think the problem's the tag division. Like you said, it's nothing. The, the problem here is how it's going to affect Braun Strowman because he's someone who can genuinely draw you money and has been a proven overstar in the last year, one of the I hardest acts in the company. Two things that can be damaged there. 
I think you like, if you hurt the entire division, then but you've just it's got... already hurt. Like but, that, that yeah, group but the, of people, the uh, right. way they've got there. Cool, but if you if you've got something that's that's dead and buried, you know what you don't do? Just dig further and keep pushing it down. You try and rebuild. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. But you now you're just like trying to push it down further, and you can then you're gonna never be able to build it back up. I gave this a NA. I d- I don't think it's you can't rate this. It's just too it's too bonkers. It was so weird. Yeah, so weird. And uh, and again, and this uh, it was a segment. It was so. It wasn't a match. It's so late in the night. At this point, we'd had the the disappointment of the the Daniel Bryan thing, the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax match not working, then the disappointment of of AJ Nakamura, mm. and then that, and this is when I think of people sounding going like worst WrestleMania ever, and it's not the worst WrestleMania ever, but I think it's a WrestleMania of two good thirds, and then it just fell off a cliff. And it, and I I just think it's final third. All the wrong matches were in the uh, all the yeah I don't know I, I think all the stuff that I didn't like was all right at the end, mm. and because it's late and you just trying to get worn down by it and worn down by it and worn down by it. Well, I I I agree that the first two thirds are, are were really really good and fun, but these this last third so those three matches, uh, you know, but you, even like the Brian the Brian match where it sort of sort of started to turn, you got Brian's return. The Nia Jax thing, she won. That was the right result. And then you've got Nakamura and AJ. Disappointing match, but hey, heel turn. Braun uh, and the tag division. What's going on? But that's kind of crazily fun. And what? I, okay, okay. And then the main event, which we're on now, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar won. The most unpredictable result since the Goldberg match. Absolutely stunning. But we've already talked about that outcome in, in the start of the show. Uh... And and it's not Roman Reigns' coronation again. So, like, even this last third, which, worst WrestleMania of all time, I think they've got tremendous, like, salvageable moments right, in okay, there. Okay, the problem there, Ollie, and I know you're not wrong. Yeah. Absolutely, you're not wrong. But it's, like, the outcomes, but the matches themselves are bad. And, it, and maybe it's because I was watching it live, mm. and, you know, and it's, it's just you're getting worn and worn down. And when you just get bad match followed by bad match followed by bad match followed by bad match you're not looking at like the oh but there's all this potential outside here you're just like i'm just being worn down now and then this match was a slog to get through and it didn't even go that long but it felt yeah, like 15 minutes I mean, when you said that that the other two matches had gone 20 minutes i would have sworn this had gone longer mm. like it felt like it went on and on and on because they never got out of first gear they were go- they were just doing you know all their big moves, but they never got out of first gear. And the interesting thing about this is the crowd. Mm. So usually in a Roman Reigns match, particularly in a Roman Reigns ma- WrestleMania match, the crowd is the Pavlovian response. You just boo. Mm-hmm. You know you don't want to see Roman in it, and like you voice your opinion by by booing. That's not what happened this time. You got this instead. You got these mother effers. Worst thing to happen to the wrestling industry. But this is. This is the worst thing that WWE could hope for when it comes to Roman Reigns: ambivalence. Mm, indifference, when, yeah. Indifference, because when you boo Roman Reigns, the argument is always like he gets a response, and you know you could argue AJ Nakamura didn't get that response when they like people were just silent during mm. that match, and that is worse than people booing the match. But this was no one cared. Absolutely not a single person cared. There was a couple of people chanting "Let's go Roman," but there were very few and far between. This crowd were just more interested in beach balls. They were more interested in chanting CM Punk. They were more interested in... Like, I think Brian Alvarez... I haven't listened to the whole of the Wrestling Observer review. I only had to do it because I had to listen for, for the news. Um, he said that, like, as soon as a beach ball came out, uh, police got in, stopped it. 
but then another one would pop up and then another one would pop up mm. and another one and they were just like it was almost like systematically planned like they'd all like plot themselves around although did you see um you know undertaker guy from uh, when the streak broke the Oh yes, he um, tweeted out a picture of him holding up a torn um, beach ball, saying like, "Not in my segment, mm. no, not not in my section, mate. Like, I'm not I'm not having that. What a hero!" Um, and the, I think this ambivalent crowd. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where like everyone has always said, ambivalence and just not caring is what will hurt Roman's push more than booing him. Yeah, will. don't cheer him at all. Don't cheer, don't cheer him at all. Just react nothing to his matches. And that's fine, but then I always hear in the back of my head when uh, Roman got booed at the Royal Rumble when he won it, and he got backstage, and Michael Hayes is just sat there with his fanny pack and his little hat, and he just goes, "Man, we're a global company. We can't just book for one town." And I was like, "Oh, cool," because yeah, this crowd was ambivalent to him. Mm. But if the crowd boo him, like if the crowd boo him next week, then it's like, "Ah, it's fine." It was just it was a one-off yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah, what um. The- well, I don't. I don't know what the the point was. The point was. Well, no, no. What the point was like? It, it, for, for me, it was. It's the most interesting a crowd has been in mm, because Roman's mm. never had this reaction. Roman has never had ambivalence. Roman has always had negativity. So it was really interesting to see a crowd just one hundred percent not care. And I do feel that because the crowd didn't care, Brock stopped caring as well. Didn't didn't someone predict this? Didn't someone <laughs> say Roman Reigns people will just get bored of booing or cheering, and uh, they might just start. Not, hmm, I think someone did. I think, yeah, I think this guy, this think, guy right here. I think a lot of people. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so this, yeah, it was it was a fascinating match in terms from the crowd reaction. The you, you said the CM Punk chants they started early. Mm-hmm. It was the beach ball stuff. My favorite chant was "We want Nicholas." Yeah, the now Raw Tag Team Champion. Uh, but it, yeah, it was even the commentator sounded bored. Mm. Like there were times when, so the story of this match was the. Roman kept kicking out of the F5. Like, he hit five F5s in total, but there was a one point where he hit three F5s in a row. Yeah. And Roman just kept kicking out at two. And the crowd, aren't, like, the crowd aren't reacting to any of it. They're not counting along with it. They're not even booing him kicking out. They're not booing the match. Mm. They're just, like, you know, more concentrate on beach balls or what have you. But even the commentators didn't sound like they were into it. Like, even they weren't selling the, the kickouts. Well, well the, it was weird, because Corey Graves said on the third one, you know, I can't remember the last time someone kicked out of one F5, let alone three. And I thought, well, you know, that's that's kind of bizarre you say that, because I thought the whole story for this year has been everyone's getting beaten by an F5, everyone's getting beaten by a single spear. So it's like one move will put you out. That's how Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have had their build to WrestleMania paths set. Their finishers put people away in one go on the first time. And I, you know, in my head, you that's to build up a match that goes about 10 minutes, then you hit the first finisher, and then there's a kick out. And you're like, everyone's like, oh my god, okay, that was a proper near fall. But the first finisher here came within like the first five minutes from yeah. Brock, and then you kept hitting them. And he kicked out, and Roman Reigns kicked out every time. And there was a spear, wasn't there, that Brock, uh, two spears. Yeah. Brock kicked out of that after two consecutive spears. And it's like, well, it seems like you've skipped the first part of this story with them just overcoming one finisher, let alone multiple ones. And when Corey said that, I can't remember the last time someone kicked out of one F5, let alone three. You should, because that is a major part of the story. And that, you know, as a commentating performance, you need to be putting that over. But they didn't at all. It was it was it was bizarre. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, maybe maybe there is something 
backstage with Lesnar. This might have been a, a late, a, a last minute change. I don't know. I don't. Know. It was. It was a. It was a bad main event. It, it was, was a bad, and and it was an ill advised one when they tried to replicate the Randy Orton blood spot when Brock seemed to cut Roman open hard way. Oh man, he bled a gusher as yeah, well. I mean, I mean, that was an awesome mask. Uh, that he got there because we don't really know how well people bleed anymore people used to say Ric Flair great bleeder Dusty Rhodes because you get these some people just bleed a lot and mm. then it goes all down their face Dusty Rhodes another famous the one The Rock was awful for him yeah. Rock was a terrible bleeder but like he'd just people, get a tiny little dribble yeah like a, just a, the Sinead O'Connor tear. yeah exactly yeah and uh, so it's like we don't know who the good bleeders are it's a good thing really but there's occasionally a bit of blood goes a long way I think and seeing Roman bust open hard here it was it was like what's the point of that because at that moment in in the near the end of the match brock has a has the mount on and he busts open roman with some hard was it stiff fists yeah. it wasn't elbows and i thought you, you see that image of reigns's bloody face and it you know evokes something visceral in you like okay we're gonna go into the next gear here roman's gonna hulk out i'm kind of rooting for roman roman is this is gonna awaken something and he's gonna slay the beast but he didn't he just got beaten so it's it's like why did you do the blood spot why did you do the last year so uh well that uh, uh, yeah and i think that is the culmination of all this of this sort of discussion about this mm. match it's not just that it was a really, really bad WrestleMania main event. Is it one of the... I mean, it's one of the worst of all time. I don't know if it is the worst of all time, because I still go back to that Cena-Miz match or the Randy yes. Orton Triple H match of WrestleMania 25. But it is among the worst that there, there's ever been, and misjudged. But it's exacerbated by... We have, like... We've lampoon. We torpedoed a whole year's worth of builds. We were like, we we have spent the whole year, it, and it's it's the same thing I had with the gender thing. We spent all of last year building up this gender experiment so mm. we could do some shows in India. They're not saying, ah, we'll just put the title on AJ then. That's great. I'm glad we're putting the title on AJ. Yeah. But at the same time, that meant all of this was a waste of time. All this gender stuff yeah. was a complete waste of time, because you've done this here. All of that Lesnar stuff. Putting down Joe with one F five, putting down Braun with one F five, putting down AJ with one F five. Kane. Kane. Well, yeah, God. I mean, how is he going to recover? It was all a waste of time. Everything that they've done for the last year was a complete waste of time, just for this moment here. And it wasn't even a moment. And the crowd were ambivalent to it. And the crowd just did not give a single. They they couldn't have cared less. It's um. I'm, I'm getting that laugh thing again because it was bad. But I I. I I I I've gone towards liking the finishes more than uh the, those those last three matches. I'm I'm so into the finishes or intrigued at least by the finishes. Mm -hmm. And I just it's like a joke. It's like a a punchline to a joke where some of that joke is on me and I'm like you got me. Uh but I enjoyed the joke actually because the punchline seems to be something that I'm interested in. So I can't, I am not down on the way the show went off air. It was a bad main event in ring work and psychology standpoint. But, uh, and, and it's, it's so, it's, well, yeah. the, the, the whole year is, is sort of, for, like you said, for nothing. But, Roman isn't the champion, and that, and that's that's what I wanted. I was going to say that's what a lot of people wanted, but yeah. Yeah, people seem to really hate this main event. You can't please wrestling fans, I think is the, 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 the crux of all of this. But it's, 
Uh, the last, because this is the fourth uh, WrestleMania now that Roman Reigns has main evented. Mm. It's his fourth one, and it's I'm, I'm thinking back to the last three of them. So we went in uh, Triple H in Dallas, and then Undertaker last year, and then this one here. Um, and Lesnar before all Yeah, but, those. but you had the Seth Rollins cash yes, in there. So yeah. at the end of that, you were like, oh my God, Seth Rollins cashed in. And that was the year after you had Daniel Bryan mm. winning the burn. You were like, oh my God, that was an amazing WrestleMania ending. Then you had the Seth Rollins one. Then you just, like, I rem- that Triple H match was so ungodly boring. Yeah. Such a boring, such a flat ending to what wasn't a particularly great show anyway. So I remember just being at the end of that show, me and my friends just going like, well, yeah, and just going off to bed and, mm. and you know, and just getting a couple of hours kit before you have to get up. And then last year when you had the Undertaker thing, again, it was just like, oh, God, what a flat ending. That was just really, really boring. But this year, like, we just sort of sat there and we just kept looking at each other and like, what an odd WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, and all in all, what an odd WrestleMania. Yeah. Two thirds were just like, and it's inc- it's incredible to think. Well, I know we've gone like an hour and forty minutes in. We mm. need to kind of start start wrapping things up here because you've got to render this, and you'll be taking you all night. But um, and it went from possibly the greatest WrestleMania of all time to finishing going like, what an odd WrestleMania. Yeah, like there's how does that happen? How do you go from possibly the greatest to then be to be going like, I don't even know what to think. Mm. It was the oddest WrestleMania. Yeah, I. I I, I completely agree, but I think I've fallen on the side of excitement yep. for what this could mean, or, or just at least interested in where it might lead. Hey man, I want to see Raw. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to do any reviews, we're not really going to stick around uh, much longer, to be honest, because uh, I couldn't quite do going home, for more yeah, honest. We're both going to go home, get yep. in our gym jams. Yeah, I'm going to have a not shower. Not together, no. separately. Separately. I've got my... I've got Several episodes of that 70s show already lined up on the old iPad to, to mm. watch on my little commute home. So I'll probably end up falling asleep. Yeah, don't miss your stop. Well, I mean, it's very difficult because like, even if I get right to the end, I'm only one stop down. Oh, that's so that's, that's not too bad. And I've done that a couple of times, actually, where I've like been on a night but out. But you need to change, don't you, somewhere? Yeah, I don't want to fall asleep uh, on the district line. If I could fall asleep when I get onto at mile end, that'd be mm. my, that'd be uh, preferable. I don't want to fall asleep because nope. I'll be in the car. You'll be driving, mate. yeah, and that will create accidents that and will. pile ups. Yep. Uh, but or, or maybe the Wrestle Ramble will save my life. Trust <laughs> in the Wrestle Ramble. Man. You will not die if you listen to Wrestle Ramble. I'll be interested to see. I reckon this is our longest regular episode mm. to date. Yeah, we crammed a lot in, and I mean, like we could have talked for a lot longer on loads of things oh yeah it's a shame we can't do like a, an episode here I don't know how other people do. we were just going through the other videos that have just gone up about Wrestlemania and like people have sp- like Cultaholics one is 20 minutes long what are they do- I don't I, know how you can barely <laughs> get through all the results in 20 minutes let alone yeah. actually give you some thoughts some in-depth thoughts hour and 40 minutes mate that's the future yeah. that, that's, that's content that's there. how you drive away viewers <laughs> with just sheer lengths of shows that's, it's longer than some films it's longer than A Quiet Place which I went yeah. to go see the other day it's you- you're keen to review that. I, You've not, mentioned it on every podcast. Well, because that was the first <laughs> movie that came into my head that I knew was an hour and 38 minutes. Mm. Well, That and Hurricane Heist, oh, which God. I also watched. When? 
Oh, because it's on. Um, so we've got Nail TV, oh. and it's uh, it's classified as a Sky original. So it was on there uh, as of Friday. Oh, I assumed it was getting a cinematic release. I think it is still getting a cinematic release, but it's also yeah, available on uh, Sky Cinema. So from the producers and typeface of the Fast and Furious. Oh yes, they have just lifted the title design wholesale from the Fast and Furious franchise, and the ending is very much lifted from a Fast and franchise, really? Fast, and Fra- Fast and Furious franchise, but with a tornado with it. So, it is, it is a movie. I can certainly tell you that much. It is a movie. I, and I had a rollicking good time with it. Okay, here is a call out to the Swaft Nation, the Pod Swafters, the After Swafters, and the Pledge Hammers. The, the Swaft... Oh, I don't want to say universe. <laughs> what's, what's the all-encompassing term? Swaft Nation. Swaft Nation, isn't it? So, this is a call out to the Swaft Nation. Find... Give us your... Luke at WrestleTalk.com, email in your picks for a movie that is as bonkers as WrestleMania 34. Oh, I like it. Very good. Because I, I would probably put Fast and Furious 6 in there. Mm-hmm. Just because you get the, the amazing return. The, no, sorry, the debut of Jason Statham. There's some dramatic character deaths. Ridiculous stunts. Stuff that... Because that, that's one of the only films that I laugh at and enjoy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is ridiculous. This is also awesome. Yeah. Which is what I got for WrestleMania. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah, see if you can... I mean, but other people probably felt differently about WrestleMania 34. Well, again, I mean, just going through the, the comments that were left on the, the, the Goldberg video that we had go up on Sunday, and no one is talking about that Goldberg video. They are yeah. just talking about how much they hated WrestleMania and how they can't wait for us to do a mm. review where presumably they think we're also going to hate WrestleMania. And I hope we've argued our, our points. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone be negative about the Ronda match, which I thought there would just be people who were going to be negative about it, regardless yeah. of how good it was. And boy, howdy, was it good! Okay, right, well, right so let's, let's, let's let's draw it to a close there. Uh, but we'll see. I'm you. excited for for Raw tonight. I know SmackDown the day after. Getting up at half past five this morning, tomorrow morning, so I can watch bloody Raw. I actually am genuinely excited. Because uh, we are back with you again tomorrow for the Raw after WrestleMania review, and then the day after that for the SmackDown after WrestleMania review. Expecting some NXT call-ups. I'm expecting Michael Cole to really piss me off with his like, hmm. "Hey, it's a different kind of crowd than you're usually used to here <laughs> on an episode of Monday Night Raw." They might they might cheer people that usually they boo. No, Michael, this is what every crowd is like. Stop trying to act like it's Bizarro World. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, probably. Until then, I love you. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.